Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. How you feeling, Saps? I'm feeling okay. I got a donut. I'm going to eat this donut on the stream. It's going to make me feel better. Donuts so, help. Yeah, when I got back from getting my vaccine yesterday, I just like went to sleep immediately. And I slept for I slept uh, from like 11 a.m. or so until I don't know. I woke up at like 5 p.m. to eat something. So then Tyler and I ate some nachos. And then we walked Chewy, and then I went right back to sleep after that. And then I slept until 1 a.m. when I woke up because my body hurt so bad. My body hurt, and my vaccine arm hurt, and my I was, like, cold and sweaty, and it was awful. So I took some painkillers, and then I took a shower, and then I uploaded my video for today. And then I wrote out some messages to people on Patreon. And then... I went back to sleep and then I woke up at 7:30 ready for this stream and took more painkillers and I actually feel like a human right now so we're okay. Nice. It's pretty great. I'm I'm pretty happy. No, I'm gl I'm glad to hear it. So it sounds like the worst is behind you. I hope so. I mean when the ibuprofen wears off it might be bad again, but well, we'll, I, I don't we'll think it's going to like get worse than a while. Like I'm pretty sure you peaked is my point. I, I, I doubt it would get worse. Probably. Again. And I'm glad that the time it peaked at was like at 1am in the middle of when I was asleep and I was able to um, fix it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I slept for, I slept so much. Good. That's and what I'm your probably going to sleep. I might take another nap today. Who knows? We'll sleep see. to your uh, premiere. You don't got to be there. You'll just, uh, my video premiere today? Yeah, no, they'll be like, I'll, I don't think ghost so. Is there. Um, I'll show you guys. I have a video premiering today, which I will not sleep through because I definitely want to be there. Here it is. This is the video that's premiering today. I uploaded it at 4 a.m. Oh, boy, 3 a.m. <laughs> that's basically what I was like, yeah. Um, so have a Krabby Patty. I should have had a Krabby Patty. You're not you when you don't instead, have a, you're not you a, when you're hungry. I had a cup of tea instead of a Krabby Patty, and that was a mistake. See, that, that would have cured me faster huge difference in payoff a Krabby Patty like if a Krabby Patty can create life in a sponge imagine what it could do for how you feel about the vaccine you're so right I'm not wrong you're not wrong yeah so this video is premiering in uh, a little under three hours today and this is going to be um, if you guys remember six months ago, Antibot and I got in a comment war with Tim Sales one of the network marketing trainers he runs like network marketing power or a company like that. And um, we got in a fight in the comments with him and then he promised he'd give us some data to prove that he knew what he was talking about by the end of March, 2021. And everyone's been following up with him to try to get this data and he just keeps blocking everyone. Uh, so we have updates on that story and then we think we figured out what company he's talking about and we analyze their income disclosure and they still look like shit. So we're going to, we're going to, we, we just have, a, we have some updates and then I did some fun parodies in here. So you did some parodies. I did a few parodies, you know, just a few parodies. You did a parakeet? Parodies nuts. Get you some nuts, parakeets. <laughs> um, that all sounds pretty wonderful mm -hmm. i'm excited for you i think mm -hmm. power in the name of any business is a great way to be taken seriously uh, oh definitely like we should start calling this sh well we used to call our streams the power hour so i mean <laughs> we're no better that's totally different because it wasn't nearly as successful as naming your business power also power hour is a common saying you know you're doing the writing power hour yeah like i'm i'm definitely not going to take credit for 
power hour. I'm pretty sure I've been hearing people call power hour since like I was in the womb. <laughs> you could hear in the womb. That's incredible. I could hear in the womb. Like I heard, I heard classical music and people saying, "Okay, ladies, power hour." <laughs> those those are my two prenatal memories. <laughs> While I was on the way to get my vaccine yesterday, I clicked on the stream a little bit and I saw puppets. <laughs> I was very excited. Yeah, uh, puppets are always are solid. We had two. We had Marie face her fear of puppets. Marie the influencer. Amazing. That's what I'm just calling her from now on because she said it to me once and I'm never going to forget it. <laughs> even though I'm pretty even though she said it to me facetiously, she's now the teacher slash aspiring influencer. I also watched a video of like TikTokers doing dangerous challenges for views, and this one kid gave himself a stroke by having eight scoops of pre-workout. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. it says it says you're not supposed to take more than two a day, and he had eight, which is the equivalent of chugging 17 cups of coffee in under a minute. That's gross, dude. Yeah, that's the stupid. That's like the, this is like when they do the Tide Pods. Was that a meme or did people actually do that? People actually did it because that's gross. Kids are well. Actually, this guy, this guy wasn't a kid. He was 25. But attention makes you a kid. On social media are just as stupid. Attention, attention reduces your age or at least your mental age, because you'll do, you'll, you'll do stupid things for attention. Not you. That's a general. No, I don't Dude, this morning at 4am when I was up uploading videos, I was watching this. It has to do with doing stupid things for attention. I was watching Rachel Oates has a new video out about, (laughs) um, about Jake Paul and how Jake Jake Paul, Paul. well, she was doing a book review because apparently Jake Paul has a book out and he put out this like memoir about his life. He's and 24. What did, there's this whole is this section, like new too, or is it older? It's a couple years old at this point. So he's like he was like 21 or 22 when he put yeah, it out. Yeah, and he put out this memoir, <laughs> and the whole memoir was like there was this like really gross section where he like detailed every girl that he'd been interested in since middle school, and like which and he like named them. He detailed. He was like, well, I remember, I remember Susie in middle school. She had big boobs, and I loved her boobs. And then I heard that she let some guys touch her boobs, so I decided to go on a date with her. And he was like, and then and so that he just detailed like every girl he'd ever done anything with, and then he'd be like, and then this girl I made out with in the family bathroom at the mall, and then this girl, I, I was like, dude. So it's like the memoir version of the Beastie Boys song, Girls. Basically. <laughs> him like bragging about how much how many girls he's done anything with and and who would have thought that years later he'd have a new york times article about how he assaulted a girl like you did it dude you did it every girl he describes too is like he's never like oh i dated this girl because i we really had a lot in common and we enjoyed doing this activity there was never any of that it was like this girl had boobs that was cool this girl had a very toned body, which I love. This girl had blonde hair, which is also my thing. Like it was always a physical description of them. And then if they were, if it was like high school or, or like that type of time, like if it wasn't his adulthood, which he doesn't even have much of yet. But yeah, if it was, was like his high school, so like, like six years ago, if it was like his high school time. It was just a description of what she let him do. It was like she she was willing to memoir, touch my like dick. Two years ago. So it's like yeah, she was willing to touch my dick. So she was a real one. It was great. This girl let me touch her boobs. Like it was ne- like there was nothing uh nothing substantial. It was like the most misogynistic thing of all time. It was so gross. Yeah. So memoirs are cool. 
If, if you want to write a memoir, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you, but a, if you don't deserve one, I'm going to laugh. If you're a boy in your early 20s, then you probably don't have that much to say in a memoir. I mean, I laughed at Anna Kendrick for writing a memoir, and I was because I was like, you're writing this memoir, and you're like 25 when you did it. <laughs> That's the problem, though, is that, and this was a point that I appreciate that Rachel Oates brought up in her video. It's Simon and Schuster that's at fault because Simon and Schuster keeps offering these young influencers who are in their twenties or even sometimes in their teenage years. Did they publish Shane Dawson? Because he has sure. two books out. I I'm hate sure. a selfie and one other. I read Shane Dawson's second book actually back when I was a fan of his before all the like because I didn't when I first started watching him it was in like 2016 so i didn't even know about all his weird past shit so i just watched him back then because i was like oh he seems kind of cool and i read his memoir and the first shane dawson video i watched was the tana mojo TanaCon videos i did watch those and i thought that they were okay at first but then at the end they were kind of biased oh i was and super into them because he was really good at drama and then i was super over it when he started making more documentaries because i was like the tana mojo one works because there was an actual controversy. There was an actual story there. Yeah, it wasn't just When he made, a... like, the Jeffree Star ones, it was like, that's just you being like, look, I have a rich friend. And then the that's Jake... literally all it was. And then the Jake Paul one, I <laughs> couldn't even get all the way through because it was just, like, like he, he didn't even get to Jake Paul, from what I recall, until, like, halfway through. It was right, just him. It was way too long and nothing happened. It, it was him working with an internet therapist to diagnose this kid as a psychopath it's like right that's so much the, more offensive than i H3 didn't watch H3. this <laughs> i didn't watch this one because i'm just appalled that it exists but the one he did on eugenia cooney i didn't where, watch it I yeah i just I, I did not watch that because he was basically like this is the recovery story of a young woman with an eating disorder who is not recovered and has refused to get help and is not like is actively getting worse, but he presented this as like, here's your recovery story. She's all good, guys. So Shane Dawson curing. It was pretty awful. Curing shit. I don't fucking know. So as far as Seth Godin is concerned, what did Shane Dawson do right other than try and scrub his really bizarre videos from the internet by completely rebranding himself? Because I will say rebranding himself is how he managed to be relevant. Um, Shane Dawson, I will say yes. that I think he we could look at Seth Godin's principles and how they tie to him because he definitely, at the completely beginning... Completely rebranded himself. He got popular on the internet in the first place, which is hard to do. And then By ruffling he, feathers. Then he rebranded himself on the internet, which is even harder to do. And so, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I was going yeah, to say, rebranding yourself, I don't want to say it's harder. To, it's hard to do for sure. It's also really important to stay relevant. Otherwise, you ride the coattails of your previous success, which is impossible to do if you had your previous success through controversy. And unfortunately, based on the principles of Purple Cow, the fastest way to get attention is controversy. Oh, or not just controversy, uh, contrarian beliefs. Like uh, the whole, like basically what a purple cow is, is it's something that stands out. So if you just see a popular opinion and you make a video bashing that popular opinion, or at the very least taking a strong stance against it, you'll get views. I mean, honestly, based on your results, I'd say the fastest way to get attention on the internet, keep in mind, this isn't good attention, is to make an I hate Jordan Peterson video. You'll get a lot of views. And then you'll start off probably getting a lot of hate views, which will boost you up in the algorithm. And then you'll start getting views of people who also hate right Jordan Peterson. Right now I exclusively get hate views on my Jordan Peterson video. I haven't had a nice comment on it since I put it up. I but you're getting it, you're getting views. I'm getting views, but they're like at this point, honestly, the views I'm getting, like I do it at some point, 
I want to take time just for the sake of education. I want to take time to actually gather some sources and all the questions and the and the critiques people have of it. I want to address. Yeah, just for this. But at the same time, what's annoying about it is that like I've moved on to other projects since that video, and I constantly in my notifications see like a ton of comments every day being like, "You look stupid. Your beliefs are stupid." You did a really bad job on this video. I just see like con like tons of hate comments. And then it's just distracting, honestly, because I want to take the time to start responding to them. But then I'm like, this is this is not worth it because if I take the time to respond and write out a nice and thoughtful response, like that's gonna take time away from the other projects that I want to work on too. That's why last week when I was actually getting a lot of I what I liked about the video I put up last week about Lindsay Ellis, um I like that the comment section of that video was pretty much exclusively people either agreeing or disagreeing in a nice way. Like everybody agreed or disagreed and shared their own life experiences and shared their own research. Like there was nothing, there was no hostility towards anyone. No one was rude. It was really nice comment section. However, there were a lot of comments that I also disagreed with or that I wanted to answer in depth. So I did like an Instagram live uh, story where I started replying to them out loud because I thought that'd be faster but it wasn't because I got through less than half of them and I was on there for an hour and a half so I was like maybe I don't know but I might do one of those again this weekend we'll see well do you think uh, it's safe to say that that video I'm not going to try and, and and assume anything because I haven't read the comments I, I saw the video but I can't assume anything based on the comments who I says read the this comments. yes everyone also leave it a like because it's I if it hasn't already it's very close to getting a more dislikes than likes which you're is not a real youtuber unless you have one of those videos ask Queen of Spade that's fair I guess that's fair yeah dude if you think you get hate just look at how much hate she gets oh dude I've seen some of your comments dude I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. I've gotten I've, I've got I have at least one dm currently in your morning guru from someone saying like you know your follower queen of spade don't talk to her that's super rude that's super <laughs> rude that? that's super rude right like, dude everyone's welcome you're also welcome in our chat just come to our chat and hang out yeah, which is why I didn't say this guy is a piece. Of, I just, just said it's super, like I didn't say anything. I just ignored the comment. Yeah. Um, but as far as so, I was going to go back to your video on Lindsay Ellis uh, versus uh, the Jordan Peterson video. Also, I just want to randomly throw in your on a whim video, which just completely subscribes to our "you can't fly if you don't wing it" mantra. Uh, Gabby Hanna video just blew up. It did. I had a good time making that one. Because you, you you weren't even planning. That was just like, okay, guys, making a video on a whim. And that's because I was like, just, I was going to take a nap. And then I went on Instagram and I saw her story. And I was like, dude, this is not how authors should act to book reviewers. Especially since that whole thing with Lauren Hoff had just happened where she had done, was like screenshotting people's Goodreads reviews. and, and Four and a half them. star reviews. Oh, four and a half star reviews. grow up with your four and a half stars. Okay. So I was, at first I was like, should I make a video on that? But then Jess Owens did a great job on it. But then I saw this story too. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're just, we're going to cover all of this. I think you got more views with Gabby Hanna too. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's all about the views, but the views are nice. The views are but, definitely uh, nice. As far but, as uh, Lindsay Ellis, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to say something else on that? No, there's going to be people who are like, oh, don't do things for views. It's like, I put a lot of work into my videos. I want people to view them. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, and it's you got to cover the exact same topic with someone that's actually going to get you views instead of someone who probably wouldn't get you views or get you views that don't necessarily fit the people who are already coming to your channel. Uh, which is why the Jordan Peterson thing is interesting because you're getting a lot of views from people who aren't normally on your channel. Right. Uh, so yeah. as far as the difference in comments though, I think it's because maybe 
with the Jordan Peterson video, you were attracting a completely different conversation. So like with the bi with the biphobia video, you were attracting a conversation on biphobia, which mm -hmm. welcomed people who I who have experienced biphobia. And so mm -hmm. a lot of the comments were anecdotal. Is that is that a fair assumption? Because I didn't read all the comments. Oh, a lot of them were anecdotal. A lot of them were people sharing their own experiences or and a lot of them or also sharing experiences of like other people they know. There were a few people who were rude that was like, they were like, I won't date anyone bisexual because they always cheat. And like, here's the thing is like, I know you guys are going to say that you don't, but like my experience is that everyone always has. And I'm like, okay, that's your experience. It's also kind of a weird, it's like, just because your past relationships were bad, would you, it would be weird to be like, I won't date any more men because every man I've ever dated has been like this. Like, that just seems weird. But I'm like, okay. I mean, that doesn't seem weird. That, that's, your a life. that's a pretty common conversation. It's just also a liar. I mean, anytime, yeah. almost anytime someone says that, they end up dating a man two months later. It's true. So it, it, they, they probably just had like recently gone through something or are still recovering from something. And I'm not going to fault them for, uh, for I don't know, recovering. Yeah, I think there were a lot way. more people sharing their own experiences. And, uh, and a lot of people also, I guess because it was a video... Oh, we're totally ignoring the comments. So I'm sorry. Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> I just realized, like, the entire conversation going on in the comment thread is like, wow, we're we're ignoring everyone today. I'm sorry, guys. Hold on. Let's let's take a look at the comments. Queen of Spade. I'd say straight people cheat more only because there's more straight people. Yes, I don't so think I don't, that cheating is tied to any sexual orientation. Yeah, I think it's just that, like, <laughs> yeah, straight people. I think people, it's probably <laughs> statistics across the board. Yeah, there's just, like, straight people have the biggest dating pool. Yeah, I think that was you who brought it up, where it was, like, or was that Lindsay Ellis? It was, like, uh, I, there's, um, you know... Uh, well, um, both of us if, brought if, it um, up, but yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, like, if you're bisexual and you go to a room with 100 people... Oh, that was me. And, that yeah, was my that point. Was you. I, I, yeah, yeah, I broke it down like that. I was, like, if I go to a room with 100 people, statistically, my my I would probably have, like, 48 men and five women to choose from. Yeah, and so, so that, that yeah. was that was a great illustration. That just sort of shows where it's like I don't know if like you can say they cheat. Anyone cheats more than anyone else. I just know that some have more options. <laughs> it's like I, every once in a while I'll get in an argument with with someone who will be like, who will get mad that I'm like protesting police brutality or something, and they'll be like, actually, white people get killed by the police more, and they'll give me some like statistic, and I'll be like, but that's that you're dis you're disregarding the fact that white people are over 60% of the population. It's one of those things where I'm like that's it's not proportionate, dude. People just like to look at numbers and then not at proportions. Yeah, Queen of Spade, you would think by people cheat more because of our options, but then we break it down and you see you don't have as many options. Also, AG had an interesting point too when I was talking to him about uh cuz he he was he he was basically he was talking about um this was on a conversation about what was it called? That one, that one book, that one shitty book, that one shitty YA book that had a bisexual man in it. Um, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of those. <laughs> red, white, and red, blue. We were talking about that, and um, he was talking about how, like, uh, as far he he brought up an interesting point that like bisexual men deal with a a unique discrimination that he does not see bisexual women deal with, which is dating opposite genders after having an intimate relationship with someone of the same sex. Um, and he was basically saying how it's more difficult in his experience from what he's seen 
for a bisexual man to engage to have a relationship with a man and then start dating a woman than it is for a bisexual woman to date a woman and then start dating a man. Yeah, I, I see that. Well, because I think that there's this there's this problem where like like men men like men tend to to view a you lot just of say men tend to fuck. Men tend to fuck. Like they do. <laughs> they also tend to view things very sexually. So it's like if you're like if I'm like telling a man that I'm interested in women, they're like, oh, that's hot. Like, make out with my girlfriend, which, you know, I'll probably say yes to. Let's be real. Um, but that's uh, but that's the kind of thing is, but a lot of women that would be offensive too, because the idea is like, you don't want everybody to fetishize you, right? You, you're just trying to find meaningful relationships out there. And then men have the opposite problem, which is that a lot of women don't view things as sexually, so they'll be like, you were having sex with other men. And it's like, oh, that's gross. Because to them, sex is not this hot thing. It's like this relationship thing or something. I don't know. And that's I, I that's all I can guess because I don't experience this. Y'all, I've fucked a lot of bisexual men in my life. I just want yeah, to throw that out there. You're also pretty masculine. <laughs> that's true, I guess. That's what we've determined on the show is that apparently I'm a manly woman. But that's you're okay. kind of like, you're kind of a bi man in a bi girl's body. Yeah, well, that's what I tweeted the other day. I was like, if I'm dressing masculine, it's because I'm a big titty tomboy GF. And if I'm dressing feminine, it's because I'm a femboy. I'm never what you expect. And the people in the chat were telling me I can't be a femboy. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I think I can be whatever I want to be. Yeah, I mean, I want to be Tony Stark. <laughs> I don't know how that how that fits into the conversation. Yeah, that's um, weird. Yeah, I think yeah, bi women are fetishized a lot. Yeah, especially because there's so many porn that's like, watch this girl do guy and wife at the same time. I don't know if that's a real porn. I don't really watch porn. It's just what I. So seen you're saying they're fetishized by men more? Yeah, by like straight men. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm I'm gonna catch up on these comments real quick because okay, weird said notice a senpai. Um. And oh, that, sorry. Senpai's not noticing me. you now. Yes. Uh, so, Murray, what's what's up, influencer? Morning. Never got into Iggy. I was into Kiss and ACDC. I don't like Kiss. I like ACDC. Um, and, and, you know, I respect Iggy. Um, I was more post-punk alternative, early early goth, and, of course, new wave. Fair enough. I actually have been having a really interesting conversation with anyone that will listen about why I love cryptocurrency so much. It's because I don't see music and art anymore as counterculture. I see that as the culture definers um like hip-hop is probably the like it, it used to be extremely counterculture now it is culture uh just take a look at tiktok the number one trends are almost exclude are almost always hip-hop i think we've moved into this really cool era where counterculture is no longer art it's finance i mean i can think of nothing more punk Dude, rock is, I, I i love you and all but you're just like Finance is what's really punk, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's listen to this, okay? okay. And, and, and I'm not talking about like finance, like investing in a bank. I'm talking about like alternative finance because okay. of the new apps that have been developed that allow anyone to invest and even buy small shares of stocks and option trading. Um, just take a look at what happened on Robinhood. Can you name anything more punk rock? Like even the Sex Pistols couldn't do this. These guys took down a fucking hedge fund. They, that was pretty cool. That's I so punk say, rock. But I think that the finance is like. And now I'm um, talking about crypto also, which is alternative finance talking about decentralizing currency. Yeah. And yeah. taking money out of large corporate. Like, like, so that, that's what I mean by it's punk rock. I mean, this is that, like, I think it's a beautiful expression of counterculture that's going on right now because it's rather revolutionary. It's happening in one of the most boring sectors. 
I think what this is interesting because I think what the the anti MLM movement is for women is what like the crypto movement is for men, which is not to say that there are there are every gender makes content for yeah, both. Yeah, they're incredibly hot women questions. in crypto. There's hot women in crypto. You, you're missing out. I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're your type too. But they're, I'm just I'm saying that I think that this whole movement in general towards like exposing shady financial practices is is getting to be very cool, and I'm glad that it is because it's one of those things that people just used to accept in the past, you know. Yeah. And I love it. I, I, I really like I, I, I see crypto as punk rock. I see that as the new punk rock. Oh, people are saying we need to make merch that says finance is punk. <laughs> OK, sure. We can do that. Sure. We, we can do that. I or need to it, update my merch because I still haven't put out my sensitive BLT T-shirt. I need to put that out. Is, is the uh, is the you know, it would be like the most hilarious perversion of a symbol. Hmm. Putting putting the anarchy A on merch. It's like support <laughs> capitalism by or support anarchy by my merch. It's like oh okay. Well, <laughs> unless, unless this is a barter economy. It's like no, that's the thing. It's like when you live in in the capitalist world, you can't just escape it. So you might as well sell things. Profit you know? off it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like there's not really. It's like it's like that comment. The comic people talk about where this guy's like we need to improve society and this other guy's yet but yet you live in society it's like, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like that basically when people are like oh you're selling anti-capitalist merch it's like well yeah because like i can't just take down capitalism by myself i might as well make money you know <laughs> that's kind of how you it can, seems you can ask it politely to stop being rude and more often than not they won't listen but there's that like micro of a micro of a quantum atom percent chance that they will listen. Maybe. <laughs> I was post po and I, by the way, am Hope Savvy's doing well. Just everyone I know who had the second shot did crappy. Yeah, the second shot was really, it was rough in the middle of the night. I was struggling a lot, but I have this, taken some ibuprofen now. This checks out. Okay, weird grew up with a dad who was a drummer in the 80s. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. My dad was a college football player in the 80s. That probably doesn't surprise anyone either. Not even a little, no. <laughs> uh, you weren't responding to my messages. I was so pumped for you. Nor two Northwestern college players were selected in the first round last night in the NFL oh, draft yes. for the I'm first sorry, yes, time ever. Did. You were responding. Yes, you were sending that to me, and I wanted to get excited, but I saw it in passing when I like woke up in the like I was just like waking up passively during naps and being like, "What's on my phone?" And then I'm like, "Okay, I'm back to sleep." So I totally am sorry about that. You're so yes, no, it's this fine. Is I was just getting excited for a school I have I no association with. Just because of me, just just because, because of you, and that was like such a that was such a stamp on our friendship that I was getting excited over college football that I do not care about. You don't you. care about college football? I no, guess I care. About college football i don't care about northwestern college football okay i'm just sorry i didn't watch any of the nfl draft so i don't even know who it was <laughs> i need to look um newsom was the cornerback taken and rashawn slater was the first one taken gotcha awesome awesome uh good morning brianna good morning caroline uh okay weird's dad listened to acdc journey not a lot bon jovi a lot of big hair bands which is ironic considering he lost his hair in high school. Oh, oh, Panda's here. Welcome. Kitty's here. Welcome. Brianna's here. Welcome. Caffeinated Angel is back. What's up? Glad okay, you're we, back. Uh, the B 
I just watched Drew Gooden talk about Jake Paul's book. It was I got to check that out. What's yeah, up, Jake Patricia? Paul's book sounds like shit. Don't I wouldn't want to read it. It's the like just painful. Talked, it talked about how all he got of the education he needed watching porn. Like he maybe should have. Educated oh, he does himself. have a section about that where he's like, he's like, some people think that young men need sex education, but that's what happened in in the past. Nowadays, you just got to go on Google and type things in. And I'm like, this explains a lot about Jake Paul and why he is the way he is. Because he just watched porn and was like, this is real life. Guys, consent is just spitting on their face. Oh Jake Paul. Jake Paul is gross. <laughs> but I don't think that's, that's not a very brave statement. Everybody already knows that. It's, it's not brave. I mean, it's brave if you're 13, I think that. Um, I missed you's memoir. We're talking Jake Paul. Uh, good morning, Queen of Spain. I've already noticed you. You're fine. You don't get any more attention. <laughs> welcome back cat i started watching shane when he was doing conspiracy theories actually i feel like that was his big rebrand the conspiracy theories from what i recall yeah we should get back to talking okay how did shane dawson use seth godin's principles that's what i think we need to talk about even though he's not doing well right now um i'm just gonna say hi to everyone then i won't i won't respond to all the oh, comments yeah. hi kim hi ann queen of spades talking a lot canadian <laughs> what's up hope uh, um, what's up, Brittany? Hey, Gail, happy to have you here. I saw a dog today. Um, okay, weird. Oh, Gail's gonna start working on a theme song for us. I, I was I'm in contact with her about that. What's up, Willie the Silly? I'm so happy we follow each other on um, Instagram now. Make finance truly punk, and I might finally be good at it. It's a good comment, Anne. You got you got you got you got I, I almost said a gold star. I mean, I think there's more cocaine in, in the finance industry than in the punk rock industry. So, did you say cocaine? Yeah, in, there's more in, cocaine uh, in finance. What, what, yeah, was, was that a nod to J.P. Morgan? Not necessarily. I just everybody I know who's worked in finances, <laughs> there was just everyone's doing cocaine all day long. Oh, I thought you were talking about J.P. How J.P. Morgan got busted. One of their ships had twenty tons of cocaine <laughs> on it. That's not surprising. Yeah, and Jamie Dimon, who is the head of JP Morgan is leading the way for socially responsible, uh, like corporate responsibility and sustainability investing. Like, yeah, you yeah. go, man. No, i just, everything I've heard is that everyone who works in, in finance is there's just cocaine everywhere. Oh, Kim's a finance nerd. Fi fantastic. I, I like you, Kim. Okay, guys, Kim is now the best person in the chat today. Sorry. Sucks if you're not her. Except for Willie the Silly, because we follow each other on Instagram, so I, I'm partial to him as well. So yeah, you can go back to uh, Shane Dawson now. Okay, I'm giving so, you permission. <laughs> on your well, we've talked in the past about how Shane Dawson, whenever he comes back, he's going to get a ton of hate, which is fair. But I think that his one of his biggest mistakes is taking this much time off of the internet. He's been off the internet for like what almost a year at this point. Like he's just been crying into his money. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he, like, he made so much money from that makeup. Like, if you have to get run off the internet, at least you profited like crazy the months leading up to it. So I'm wondering, okay, what did he do that, like, Seth Godin, he, he followed a few of Seth Godin's principles, I gotta say, and that's probably what made him successful, was, we can talk about um, the, the, the purple cow, right? When we talk about, uh, I think that's where his rebrand came in, where, where Seth Godin talks a lot about if what you're doing isn't selling well, then don't change the marketing, change the product. And that's what he did. He was kind of like, um, he had his like edgy offensive skits from 10, 15 years ago. And 
people just the, the the sense of humor that people had was shifting the way that people perceived that was shifting and it just probably was just not getting as many views anymore and he tried doing music videos which was stupid because he can't sing at all i don't know why every youtuber who gets big decides they should do and music Seth videos talks about that he says that like when you try new things you are going to fail and but like yeah he he basically says that when you when you go for a purple cow two things are going to happen you're either going to be successful or you're going to be a failure which i know most people say whenever you start something new that's that's those are the two options that's not the case there what where most people go in according to Seth Godin i totally hijacked the conversation again i'm sorry no, you're to you didn't. You're fine. What you're saying is completely accurate. Where most people fall in is instead of going for the success or failure, they avoid failure, which means they avoid success. So that binary is now completely off the table and they settle for good to very good. And that, right. that you can't grow in that. Right. And so then what he did instead was just do a complete rebrand, just completely change product and built a he had he had his community in the sense that he had a group of fans that were still with him. He had over those thousand core fans, you know, not all of his millions of fans were still into what he was doing, but he had those like core people that would follow him to the next thing. And then he did a complete like, like this is, this is my rebrand. And he like showed, instead of being like a rude and offensive guy, he was like, I am a soft boy. I am an empath. He went from he went from saying he went from saying the N word and blackface to I'm an empath, guys. I swear. Like that is wild that's because the greatest lie I've ever seen. I just so I like I said before, I had when I first started watching his stuff, I hadn't seen his original stuff. So when he was like, I'm an empath, I was like, I just believed him. I was like, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, the old, I'm like, no, you're not. No fucking empath. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but I think there there was something interesting to that that rebrand. This was a time where the internet was growing more skeptical. The internet was growing more um, analytical, and he was like, "All right, I'm going to combine my skill for making things dramatic with like looking into things a little more and analyzing things and making it that kind of thing." And people people liked it kind of followed with with what people wanted at that time and then uh i guess what what was it that really that really i i think it was the the stupid uh jeffrey star documentary he did that was the start of the end because well, yeah because anytime you associate with Jeff anyone who associates with jeffrey star is it's the start of their end because he he sucks their life force Right, right, and 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 gets older and younger I, simultaneously. I couldn't, I couldn't watch that that series he did with him. I I watch people review it though, but it really seems like it was just a big ad. Like the whole thing was just we're the making because he did two series. With oh him. yeah, he did two series. Yeah, the the first one I I think I watched the first one. I watched the it, first one. The first one was not like it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of boring. Like nothing really happened. I watched the first one. I was still sort of interested in it. I watched Tana. I watched that. I couldn't really get into the Jake Paul one, so I stopped. That I did not watch Eugene Cody, and I couldn't yeah. watch the uh, the makeup one all the way through. I, I watched it because Aaron was was watching it too. Um, but yeah, it's not like it was good. Yeah, and then but then they sold so much. Because and they made so much money on ads because those so are like much money. hours of yeah, the, all the ad revenue on the videos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like they were getting what a, a million views in like an hour or some shit, like like just some some stupid insane. numbers. Yeah, so they they made a ton of money off of that, um, but then it didn't last. 
nothing ever. Well, that's actually in the South Golden. Nothing lasts. Nothing um, lasts. And then you can apply that to companies today, like Apple, uh, who did have a purple cow with Steve Jobs, um, and they've just been riding the momentum of that because they they built such a core. And this is this is the, this is where most purple cows end up. Uh, he talks about it in in his book with that grocery chain as well. Um, you do something that makes you stand out, you grow from it, and then you don't change. And then you did such a great job when you brought that revolutionary idea um, that you develop a core audience. And a lot of them aren't going to change just because they've invested so much trust in you, but you're not going to keep growing. You're just going to be on cruise control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he talks about musicians that have successfully, uh, and his two examples I thought I had are Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan, who constantly rebranded themselves. That's why they've remained so iconic every decade because they've rebranded themselves every decade. Yeah. Maybe I need to constantly rebrand myself. Well, I mean, I'm he not said ready. Every I haven't, I'm not you're successful not, you're not branded myself in the first place. Yeah. yeah wait, wait another like seven years and then rebrand yourself. Okay. Like yeah. when I'm in my mid thirties, I'll rebrand myself. Which seems about right. Because when you're in your mid thirties, I don't think you're going to be wanting to make the same content that you started in your early or mid twenties. That's true. Yeah. You're, you're going to want to talk about how you're 30 and flirty and thriving. <laughs> Is that that's the new live, laugh, love? not new it's 13 going on 30 is that what it's from yeah i saw 13 going on 30 a long time ago but i remember that movie was pretty funny i saw it for the first time pretty recently and then i saw it for the second and third time even more recently oh, <laughs> it's one of Aaron's favorite gotta, like chill movies i need to download all the 50 shades of gray movies because i told tyler we have to watch them all this weekend because we watch party them. i won't be there but y'all can we, join sappy and tyler on their date night to watch 50 shades of gray it'll be really fucking weird <laughs> we watch all the twilight movies and i was like i want to see how much these how similar these are to them i want to compare them side by side now invite okay weird over i'm sure she's game definitely Whatever. it'll be interesting to see how taylor swift went from oh taylor swift's a great example dude taylor like swift okay let's talk about taylor swift in the purple cow also i have so much fucking respect for taylor swift i just want to say this real quick Think of all of the musicians out there who claimed to fight for musician rights. Um, yeah, I'm looking at you, Jay-Z, with title. You weren't fighting for musician rights. You were fighting for you to make more money on musicians. Um, I think I think Seth Godin actually talks about this, too. Sorry to put it in I have a lot of respect for Jay-Z. I'm not trying to diss him as a person. I'm dissing title. Um, because they were trying – they forgot that they were selling a product. Um, so they forgot to make the, the listener – feel special. The The entire point was making the artists feel special, um, but the artists aren't buying each other's products. You know, music's not an MLM. You're not selling to other musicians for the right, chance right. to like make it to the top. You're still selling to listeners. Um, so they forgot to make the listeners feel, and they they almost did the whole, uh, whatever, whoever the Twitch streamer was like, come on guys, it's only $5, subscribe oh, to me. The, yeah, like, there was that, yeah, that whole thing. Like Jay-Z did that with Tidal basically which is why it never really took off. Taylor Swift, on the other hand, just actually sacrificed money and threatened to pull her shit from Spotify and got every, even Gray talks about this. Gray doesn't listen to Taylor Swift, but he has respect for her because she yeah. got him his raise. She got artists, it's still not much, but a raise on how much money they make per stream. Yeah, and I think that's great. Yeah, she she's one of the examples of people who like when you have power in a situation, you can you need to figure out how you can use that power to benefit everybody. And she was able to do that because I know it's it can be very easy to be like scared of like oh what if I lose this? But it's like you've got power in the situation, you know, use that to to benefit everybody. 
Absolutely. And I, I just have, I have so much respect for her for that. And I also have respect for her because as someone pointed out, she went from like country to all the way now out to like one of the biggest pop stars on the planet. And it was a pretty subtle transition. Like she, she did have what she, she had, oh, who, who made the comment? It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. From pop to folk, uh, country pop to folk. Like she, she's really changing her brand regularly. And I think she's built such a strong audience. She has such a strong respect. Um, I mean, she went to war with Kanye and depending on who you spoke to one uh, that, that, that I just have a lot of respect for her. Um, Kitty makes an interesting point. If anyone had to fight for musicians rights, the hardest Jojo would beat Taylor Swift any day. She was, I didn't even know that about Jojo. I remember I liked her a lot um, when she was popular back when I was in middle school. Um, but I didn't know. Cause I, I, what, what the first person that came to mind that's like that is Kesha dude. Kesha went through a lot. Yeah, but Kesha went through a lot for. I mean, like, and I'm not saying like it was just for herself. I'm saying like Kesha wasn't exactly. Uh, she she wasn't going at she she was. I mean, and I'm not trying to take anything away from her. So no, she kind of was comment. though because she. Um, it, but, but, it was, she, it, was, was a, it was a about, very personal thing. It was a very personal thing, but it also had to do with how far does the how this contract holds up go? What does it take to get out of a contract with a producer? Right, it raised a lot no, it of definitely had activity to do in with musicians' rights as well. Yeah, which is why I stopped my comment halfway through because yeah. I wasn't trying to take anything away from her for that. I was just yeah. trying to say it was a very personal fight. It was a personal fight, but I think it set precedence as well. Um, Kimberly, let's rebrand forty third flirty and thriving. I mean, I, I think I think you, I think people are in their their hotness peak in their forties, so you're you're good. Don't worry. Wait, JoJo was stuck in her contract until two or three years ago. Really? Jesus. So why why didn't did was there a reason she didn't release music under the contract during those times? Was it because she didn't want to work with that person anymore or or something? Or they just weren't accepting what she was giving them. Or I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and then Caffeinated Angels talking about Kesha here. Yeah, taking down Dr. Luke, taking down some of the bigger producers can be a big thing too, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, any industry that has gatekeepers has problems. Oh, definitely. I think, I think that's a safe assumption, right? Oh, absolutely. That's one thing that I was really, I was really loving when, again, back to, I guess, Jake Paul, when I was watching Rachel Oates' video about Jake Paul this morning, um, and and she had this whole section that was just ranting about Simon and Schuster, about how Simon and Schuster will give influencers who are 20 years old these contracts to write a memoir about nothing when none of them can write and none of them have lived any experiences that are interesting and all the books suck, but they know they're going to sell well because there's a built-in fan base. And it's just this whole thing of like, I get into fights with people who say, no, we need the the big five, big four, whatever publishing oligopoly to exist because it's, it's, good, for quality. Five years, be it's good for quality control in literature. And I'm like, are you serious? Like every indie book I've read has been better than half the shit that Simon and Schuster puts out. Like yes, I don't control. get, there's no quality, quality control. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's profit control really. Yeah. Yeah. Gail, Gail is laughing at me. I can feel the, the judgment in her laughter. Aha, <laughs> ah, ha, ha, aha. Music isn't an MLM. Aha, ah, ha, 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 ha. A lot of my fans are other musicians now and I'm trying to grow my audience from there. Well, Okay, you win. Well, no, no, that's what I noticed actually when I started making YouTube videos. Most people who watched me were other authors, and also other YouTubers. And depending on the community, growth. depending on the community, that's like the only way to grow, and it does not last. Like the book community, that was that like it, it doesn't last. Yeah, like I still love the book community. Follow and it's watch for watch. Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. I loved, uh, I love being, I love that community. I love the author tube community, especially like I still have a lot of friends that I love from the booktube community, but the community as a whole is, uh, stressful. Like I cannot handle how much drama there is constantly. If you're in a community where the only way to get views is to watch other people's videos and comment to prove that you watched it, it's a very difficult community to grow. Yeah, in. Like I saw there was some drama where people were getting mad that people left comments that did like people were like someone left a comment that was like, cool video and then the person was like don't leave a comment if your comment doesn't refer to something specific in the video because then it shows that you're not watching the video you're just leaving a comment so i'll take you watch the video <laughs> and i'm like holy shit dude just like move on just like don't respond to it if you care that much like oh my god you, there's just like booktube is and i'm a very dramatic person so the fact that even i'm like no this is too much i i can't get involved um yeah other than I like to, I love talking about the book industry, but I love doing it from a business perspective. I'm not here to be like, so let's talk about this 2000 subscriber person who completely ruined everything. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That's fucking stupid. Um, yeah, no, comments are good for the algorithm. I agree. So like, it, it, I don't know why you would ever get offended by someone. Like, I, I, it's why I keep up the bot comments. They're okay, like, yeah, as Willie the Silly brought up, Simon and Schuster was about to distribute a book written by one of the men who killed Breonna Taylor. Jesus Christ. Oh God, remember the the, the jury in the in George Zimmerman's case that was about to sign a book deal and they were like, Jur jurors can't profit off of these decisions. Like we're no more book deals. That's weird. Yeah, it's so fucked up. Like it's not quality control. It's if people in the nation are talking about it, we're gonna give them a book deal. Literally, exactly. Yeah, it was an imprint and Simon and Schuster. Was it an imprint of Simon and Schuster? Because people were suddenly correcting, like, no, guys, Simon and Schuster isn't publishing it. But I was like, sure, it's not one of their like thousand imprints. Like, you sure they don't own the company that's producing it? Um, but yeah, and then recently, Simon and Schuster gave a book deal to Kellyanne Conway, who had leaked her 15 year old daughter's nudes as an act of revenge. And it's like, okay. This is not She's... about quality control at all. This is literally about this book is either controversial or by a person who has a lot of notoriety in some way. Therefore, their book will sell. I mean, God, like Kellyanne Conway just needs to be patient. Like she's clearly going to live another 500 years because she sold her soul. Like she'll get a book deal within that time frame. Just be patient, Kelly. Yeah. Fucking asshole. She's on the long list of people who need to play hopscotch on landmines. <laughs> that long and ever growing list. Um, I saw another comment I wanted to see, but it, it, it doesn't fucking matter. I don't know. Kim, I'm only 31, but plan to get hotter with age. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I, do too. I, I think a 49 year old is probably the hottest age that a person can be. <laughs> yeah. I was a really ugly kid. So I, I'm hoping I just continue to look better the older I get. Although if I look at myself around, 23 i'm kind of like oh i might have reached my peak there i don't know nah impossible like like that, that like that 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 as a guy i always say that, 30, that, 30, that 35 to 51 is peak once like, i'm 40 rk is gonna be like shit savvy's hot <laughs> no i know your personality it's all good you're like no her personality is too awful her personality is too awful I'm not, I, i'll never be attracted to you you're good <laughs> Also, I'm sorry. This is super shallow of me. I don't think I could get by. I don't think I could get past the armpit hair. Yeah, my armpit hair is pretty gross. Yeah, like I think that I, I love that so many people can get past it. I can't. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting, actually. I didn't. I didn't know that was a hangup for some people. 
You didn't? I thought even your parents were like, Savvy, you should shave your body because it'll be a hang-up for some people. Yeah, but I thought they just didn't know what the fuck they were talking about because they're like 30 years older than me. I mean, they they know what some people are doing. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like... I'll, I don't know. I feel like I... Uh... Seeing as I'm not I don't want to be like a very, uh, I don't want to be conceited, but I'm like, I feel like a lot of people are attracted to me. I've never had anyone have an issue with it. I don't know. But maybe that's because like by the time I've taken my shirt off, people aren't going to be like backing out at that point. You just, you, you, you're just They're like, not... as long as they keep their attention straightforward, we're good. <laughs> Tunnel that was a joke, by the way, guys. That was a joke. <laughs> Uh, I'm keeping RK away from my wife. She's 40. Joe, I'm not going to hit on your wife. I just I just like that age. That's all. <laughs> You're good. Take care of your skin. Use sunscreen. I, I mean, I take care of my... I just never go outside. Solid. I haven't I just, taken care of my skin at all. Ever. Drink a lot of water. Looping back to 13, going at 30. Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer Garner just turned 49, and she's like one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Oh, she's super beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think she's an unfair standard to say, like, all 49-year-olds should look like this, but I think she's also gotten more beautiful as she's gotten older. Yeah. Um, I was the goofy-looking kid. Yeah, Deb. I was just, I was super goofy-looking. I was just the fat kid who smelled bad. Like, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was... Uh, th there's been a lot more um, hair. Like, curly hair is is cool now it wasn't cool when you were a white kid in the 90s it was considered very ugly oh everything about me was i had buck teeth like <laughs> i was yeah. fat i had that wild curly hair that i did absolutely nothing to take care of yeah i had really wild hair i didn't know how to take care of it my mom would try to brush it when i was a kid and it hurt really bad because it would get like into huge knots and i was like ah and so it was awful and I was also just, yeah, I was just a really weird looking kid. And I held all my weight in my face. Like I had a really fat face. And now I hold all my weight in my boobs. Which did you prefer? Hard to say, honestly. If you could, if you, okay, if you could sculpt yourself, if you could, if you could, if you could do that book. By that, that, by that That's actually author. where the book idea came from, was from where, talking where to my friends about how my weight was in my face as a kid and now it's in my boobs. Where would you move it? Where would I move it? Would you just um, move it all to your butt and then you're just like super comfortable all the time? Maybe. I might move it all to my butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have like a six foot butt. You can dunk yeah, when you're I sitting might, down. I might just like have a... Actually, I'd probably move it to... I'd, I'd have like a thick butt and thighs. I'd have like that. Yeah. I'd do that pear shaped thing. So you like the lower... So I know it's important to like for like the attractive look to have muscular legs if you're a dude, like don't skip leg day. But I don't mind... If if I were to wake up and have chicken legs, I think I'd be okay with it because like all my pants would just be super baggy on me and I'd be so fucking comfortable. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. All these things that people say this is important for being attractive. I don't know if that's true. I don't think I ever even look at men's legs. I'm trying to think as far as like things that actually. Okay, weird. Okay, okay, weird is on it once again. Dexter's mom is, my... dude. Dexter's mom is thick, and it's pretty great. Dexter's but... lab or Dexter the serial killer? I assume she means Dexter's lab because Dexter's lab. His mom. Let's pull up Dexter's mom. Hmm. The short-haired redhead. Yeah. 
guys, I'm pulling up pictures. We are going to have a simp hour for Dexter's mom. Catherine and Angel, I was always told you look so much better when your hair is straight. I'm thinking of like Mean Girls. <laughs> your hair looks so sexy when it's pushed back. Tell him his hair looks sexy when it's pushed back. Look at Dexter's mom. That's Dexter's mom. I think Dexter's Man, mom is everyone's goal. Don't get don't get okay weird too riled up on this morning stream. <laughs> she she has a whole day to get to. <laughs> <laughs> we all have different tastes. You're right. Yeah, was, dude, that's the thing I was told all the time is like even when I was up through college, like when I'd be going to job interviews, everyone would be like, "Oh, you should straighten your hair for a job interview. No one's gonna want to hire you with your hair looking that obnoxious." I'm like, this is just how it is, guys. Um, when I was like a little kid, I had that weird crush on the mayor's assistant in Powerpuff Girls who you never see the face of. Oh, dude, she was hot. You're not, <laughs> she was you're hot, not wrong. You, just, you don't know her face. So okay, like, why were cartoons from like 25 years ago? Like, there was just so many hot ladies in those well, cartoons. Car cartoon Network, we talked about this before. Like, I was more of a cartoon. Like, I love Nickelodeon. Yeah. And I definitely, I wasn't a Nick kid, but I watched a lot of Nickelodeon, I was more Cartoon Network. Yeah, and it makes sense where your MILF uh, fetish comes from, because if you were Cartoon I'm not gonna, Network- I, thing, I don't want to look into the-, the <laughs> That's the, like the, early imprinting on your head of hot moms everywhere. no interest in looking into why I like the women I like, okay? I have no interest in finding out the answers <laughs> to that. I just know what I like, so chill. <laughs> All right, hold up, we're gonna pull her up. Miss Bellum. Okay, yeah, yeah. She was she was glorious. Oh, dude, I should do a cosplay as her. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, you could do it the same week that you do the Jessica Rabbit cosplay. Right. Now that I have my red wig, I can do anything I want. I can be a, a bunch of sexy redheads. She, she I can would be also easy. be Dr. Crusher. I'd, who's that? From Star Trek. That's Tyler's favorite MILF. He's always like... You and Tyler do costumes together? We did once. It was really fun. That's nice. Nice. There we go. Yeah. There's Miss Bellum. Yeah. What, what was Cartoon Network doing showing me that? <laughs> On a Dude, show with these three Cartoon girls and superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll track the kids with a, a story of superheroes and we'll teach them that sex is cool with the mayor's <laughs> assistant. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to do so many fun cosplays before I get my boob surgery be jessica rabbit i'll be miss bellum i think that fucked with me because like i realized i can have a crush on someone without ever seeing their face what the fuck yeah you <laughs> like, realize that the best parts of women are their, are their boobs. boobs and hips and their thick thighs that's all you need who cares what their face network. looks like that itty bitty waist though honestly like i think i could pull off this costume because yeah, I could definitely pull this costume off. I will make it. I'm gonna do that. So all thing. cartoons are weird. You, you really want to tell say that pop? Like you really want to say Popeye is is normal? Like <laughs> <laughs> chill for a oh, second. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all cartoons are weird. All cartoons are fucking weird. Dude, uh, let's get back to Seth Godin. <laughs> back to us. <laughs> Hex girls away. Actually, so wait though, it. is that a purple cow in a way to uh, to? Make hot moms in cartoons. Is that is that all you need to do? Is to put no. That's a tried and true method of sex sells. That that's just something that everyone has known forever. Willie Sildy had a crush on olive oil. Is that from Popeye? Popeye. 
Yeah, his wife. I'm gonna oil. I'm gonna get a coffee. I'll I'll be back. This, this conversation is making me. Popeye's think. wife is adorable. Yeah, Willie the silly called her a hottie. Yeah, I could see that. You could see her being a hottie or adorable. Those are two very different descriptions. Adorable, but I, all the costumes of her are hot. All we actually women. had that philosophical discussion of. I'm going to blame the randomness of this uh, podcast on you getting the vaccine too, y'all, because it's not my fault. Um, it's never your fault. It's just never right. my fault. Oh, why is you trending? Um, no, fuck off. Okay, anyway, we had an interesting conversation on the difference in hot, cute, and beautiful. Yeah. Which one is the best to be? And I do think, I mean, actually, I think beautiful is the most versatile. No, is cute the most versatile? Be I, I think beautiful, ah, uh, fuck, I don't know. I don't really want to be beautiful, and I don't know. I don't like to, I'm not attracted to men who are beautiful. Hot is too pigeonholed. And hot like, is also, like, I feel like that doesn't bring a universal image to mind. That brings so many different images to mind for different people. Hot only means one thing, though. Hot only means fuckable human. Like, yeah, uh, a, piece of, like a piece it, of it, art can be beautiful. A home can be beautiful. A human can be beautiful. Yeah, and, and then same cute. Thing with, it's like a human can be cute. A puppy can be cute. A kitten can be cute. Yeah. But hot is only like that human I want to have intercourse with. Yeah. I mean, my goal is always to be cute because I think I am very cute. Yeah. And I think cute's pretty versatile. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to go well get my coffee. Cute. Yeah, go get your coffee while I'll talk about how cute I am. I'm I blame Willie the Silly. Willie the Silly. Dude, cow and chicken. I'm going to look up the cow and chicken parents real quick. Cow and chicken. You see, guys, we were going to do a wrap-up, but instead we're just talking about all the cartoons. Oh, man. Cow and chicken was a weird show, but I did, I did enjoy it. I definitely enjoyed it. Um... Yeah, so uh, I don't know what to say. We did Seth Godin week. We learned some things about marketing. I haven't watched yesterday's stream yet. How was yesterday's stream? Was it fun? Did you guys have a good time? Um, yeah, well, uh, the, the puppet stuff seemed really, really cool. I love when the pu we got puppets. That's always good. Um, yeah, so we learned a lot about marketing this week. Um, I have not gotten to reading the practice yet. I didn't listen to that one yet because I haven't had time, but uh, Purple Cow and This Is Marketing both seem to have a lot of similar um, concepts in them and similar advice surrounding make the product something that people are actively looking for as opposed to, you know, make whatever product you want and then find find ways to make people look for it. Okay, weird saying yesterday. Yeah, yesterday's stream was super fun because I wasn't there bringing everyone down. Uh <laughs> but no, yesterday's stream looked really fun. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what I can take forward from, from Seth Godin's books. I didn't notice anything super, like, there to make fun of. Like, I didn't notice any huge problems in them like I, we have with other people. Um, they, they just seemed like pretty solid advice other than, you know, the advice and which is the problem with all books. The advice is a little bit vague to an extent. I wish Seth Godin had talked a little more about his own experiences because I always, I think that when you're a successful business guru, you know, you got to that point somehow, you found your audience somehow, you got a book deal or you found an audience for your book somehow. And I always want to hear the different methods that people used and the different paths that they had to reaching that because that's something that 
I always want to know how to do more of for myself. And I know that everyone's, there's no standard path for that. Everyone's is going to be a little bit different, but it can definitely help to figure out things to try. So I would have loved to have seen um, him talk a little more about his own experiences instead of talking. I mean, the, all the examples he gave were great, but I definitely wanted to hear more about how he first got his name out there. And I don't know that much about him as a person other than reading his work. So I would love to know more about him and, how he first found an audience for his writing and and all of that. Um, so I think that was my major critique of the books is I would have loved to see a more of a clear path to where he started and how he found his audience and not just the theories of what he did, but the steps and the practices. But I think that's a critique I have for a lot of books is a lack of specificity when it comes to each individual step. Because I know those things can be boring to write and boring to read, but I think that they're really beneficial. So I think that, and I think the other critique I had was that there were too many examples almost to the point where um, in both books, both in Purple Cow and in This Is Marketing, there were almost too many examples where I don't feel like he went in depth enough on each one because I would have loved to have heard more of a step-by-step -step story of, oh, here's a grocery store and someone wants to start up a grocery store and find their customers. What do they do? I would have loved to have seen more of the, the intricacies of that. So I think those were my main critiques of the books. Yeah. What's up? Okay. So I was talking about, I was talking, I was talking about um, the things, a uh, few of my critiques of Purple Cow and This Is Marketing, which were mainly that I didn't think Seth Godin talked about his own experiences at all, which I thought would have been beneficial because I'd love to hear how he first found his audience and all of that. He gave one example. Oh, he did. Maybe I didn't hear it yet. Anyway, With I have to go to the bathroom. Specifically. So. I'm going to be right back. But that's what I was talking about was that and that in I felt like he almost gave too many examples of different businesses, but didn't go enough in depth. Well, yeah. I'll hold off on the one example till you get back. I'll read the comments for now because I see RK is a great interviewer. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you. It's good practice for me being on streams. I like having you on streams, Patricia. So <clears throat> now that Savvy's gone. And I get control of the screen, stream, the scream. Wow, that would have been nice. I think it's time that we enter a new realm. A, shall I say, relaxing realm with ASMR. RK. Oh, Chewy's on the stream. Never mind. Let's just look at Chewy. Look at look at Chewy's little butt. He's a cutie. He's he's a and he's gone. So now we're entering the relaxing world of ASMR. Once again, I'm your host, RK Gold, and I'm doing some mouth sounds as I uh, inhale and exhale and whisper on this microphone. I know this is going to be weird to some of you. <clears throat> That's okay. I'm used to being upstaged by dogs. Everyone's upstaged by dogs. Patricia says, ew, stop that. I can't stop once I get started. I have to start an ASMR channel. ASMRK. ASMRK. Okay, I'm getting please stops. I'm done. I got two stops. We're done. 
<clears throat> my vibration is raising as your voice lowers. Okay, so I'm getting some likes and some dislikes here. Pretty healthy ratio. To those of you who dislike it, y'all suck. Y'all suck. It's not me. It's you. I know all of the business guru advice says take responsible for everything, but uh, no, it's you. It's you, not me. RK, you sound good. It just ain't my type. RK, you need more clicking sounds. See, I got I got the clicking sounds. I can do the clicking sounds. Yeah, you like you like those, Kitty? I get the appeal of ASMR, but the whispering makes me uncomfortable. Fair enough. I love ASMR. I watch too much of it. it and it's also when I'm least productive, too. Uh, ASMR. Yeah, that would have been funny. But too bad we can't go that route. We're just all going to look at Savvy's creepy dolls that she loves so much, staring at the computer over. You can't see my mouse hovering over them. But under her planet booty shorts. The eating and slurping ASMR grosses me out, though. Yeah, I like typing ASMR. Uh, that's pretty much my go-to. I, li I, like I like the sounds of typing because it sounds like rain. I do weird-ass voice all the time. I get it. Thank you, Cher. I'm glad that my my ASMR channel would have you two as subscribers. Subscribe to RK's OnlyFans for clicking noises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I would never charge people for ASMR. <laughs> There's way too much free shit. Um, let me take a sip of this coffee real quick. So I was going to talk about Seth Godin um, and his personal story when Savvy gets back, but until she does get back... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think that he was a pretty talented marketer um, with his advice. I mean, because uh, I do think that most of it's pretty applicable to just about any business. Um, some businesses like finance is a little difficult to market in because you have to meet such strict standards for marketing, which is why if you see marketers on, on Instagram for, for finance, chances are they're not legit or they're super huge and <clears throat> not going to, it's not really investing advice. It's more just like savings. Um, I, I like the clicking noises and object noises, not mouth noises. Yeah, um, depends on the person for the mouth noises. Some people I like, some people I don't. Um, <clears throat> I like clicking noises a lot, though, and I, li I like the I like tapping noises too, and I like the uh, typing sounds. Yeah, I'm with you, Deb. Like if I if I were in an office and everyone was typing, I would probably fall asleep. Yeah, they're they're creepy, right? They're just staring. At Can you imagine waking up at night and seeing all those dolls just staring at you? Like I know this is her office, and she doesn't sleep in there or no she probably sleeps in there it's her office she she works until like three in the morning i'm i'm not familiar with my um mysophonia i like the ambient music that lasts for 10 hours okay so okay weird i do love lofi or lo-fi whatever it is music um there's some wonderful ones on youtube like uh, and I, I mean chilled cow is probably the biggest but i i i love that music i think like i'm productive with that i'm unproductive with asmr because I just get tingles and I just want to fall asleep. Uh, I'm very productive with uh, that lo-fi or lo-fi music. Yeah, Patricia, I don't want to imagine it with puppets because that's even creepier. You're right. Congratulations, you win. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you do you leave your puppets out or do you put them in in a like a, a toy chest? The original. I did not know that. I did not know the original purpose of dolls were to be a vessel for the dead. I'm learning so much right now. I feel like y'all know a lot about dolls. Who here has ever had a voodoo doll? At least one person in this chat has definitely had a voodoo doll at one point. I'm looking at you, okay, weird. You definitely tried to make one too. I, I, I'm getting some Helga Pataki vibes from you now. I'm gonna create a backstory for you. Okay, Savvy's back, so no backstory for okay, weird. 
let's just all y'all type type shit about Savvy before she gets back. Oh, hey, Savvy. Hello. So about Seth Godin and his um <clears throat> and his personal story. Um, it wasn't there wasn't that much, but he talked specifically about books and how he was trying to publish nonfiction books that were really specific um, beforehand. And it was all based on his humor and he couldn't get a deal. He couldn't sell them because the publisher kept talking about no audience, no audience. And he learned his lesson from the publisher. He's like, okay, I need to find out what an audience wants. So he actively sought out what people were talking about online. And then he started writing books for that purpose. So they already had ready-made audiences and that story. So he, he talks, he gives a brief backstory on his experience with publishing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because he just saw, like, I do think that if anyone here wants to write a book and you don't know where, you don't know what to write, go on Twitter and see what people are saying. I wish there was a book like, just write that book. Yeah. I mean, we're writing a book about internet drama. Yeah, we also did it where we knew people were into it because we had people help us along the way, like from the very beginning. I mean, if they weren't into it at the start, they're not, and they're still, if, they, if they've watched every single Sean Boston stream, they're buying the fucking book. I think there's only a few people that have watched all of them. Yeah, and they're going to be our, Number one uh, friends. Yeah. I, I don't even want to call them fans. Just number one friends. I'm very excited. And if you buy the gold package, you get... <laughs> I don't even fucking know where I'm going with that. I was just saying, no voodoo for moi. Of course he said moi. Okay, weird. I don't fuck with the dark spirits. I poked one with a stick as a child, and now it inhabits the shadows of my bedroom. Okay, weird is a YA novel. Okay, weird is a YA. <laughs> okay, weird is a YA novel. That that's Absolutely. all there is to it. Like she 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 doesn't actually exist. She cut she leaves her book every day to experience the real world, and then she goes back to this, like it's almost like a coffin. Just closes on her when she goes to sleep. Crawls back into her book. I'm trying to find the link because I want to share something Whoop. with everyone. It's okay, weird's bed. Share how I know that other people find me hot is that I was a big slut in college. Is there a difference between hot and fucked? And I also. Um, post a lot of hot pictures of myself on Instagram and get comments from people telling me how hot I am. Yeah, you post thirst straps. I do. I love attention. You guys know that. So, have you been getting negative attention for the more for like? Because you've been posting more thirst straps lately. You've been getting some. I've only got negative attention from one person who was like, "I prefer when you're intelligent," and I was like, "My brain doesn't go away just because you can see my boobs." And also, like, it wasn't like, I guess it was like uh, I was wearing a low cut shirt, but like. Like, that's just how big my boobs are, guys. I, I generally do make effort to hide it, but I didn't that time. You mean boobs aren't like testicles? They don't shrink at the cold? Oh, oh my god, I love, I love the, um, I love the, oh, now I forget. Oh, wait, the men writing women things? It just seems that there's a consistent problem where male authors think boobs operate the same way that balls operate that they shrink when people are cold and tighten up when people are or that they like what they don't move at all dude that's not how this works taxes back in the book student loans back in the book car ratings back in the fucking book yeah okay weird is a YA book that's so okay there's weird. a um uh, uh, Oh, okay. I think Polly is fine. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's an MLM consumer protection conference today, and I'm trying to find the link to it to share because it's going on already. And I figured if you guys need something to do in between our stream and when I have the new video premiere, this is a great thing to do. 
Girls. Um, so I'm on. All I really want are girls. You want milk in too. the morning? It's girls. And <laughs> the see the thing about singing in public and speaking in public is you hear the music in your head and no one else does. So you think it sounds it's so much like, better. Have you ever been to a silent disco? No, but I've seen them on TV, yeah, like TV shows. Silent disco, and it's great. Whenever like a song comes on that has the N word in it, and you take off your headphones and you just hear a bunch of like white kids loudly singing along but then skipping over something it's just very funny to listen to wait so there's um they all listen to the same song okay it's not it's not, yeah. it's, not it's not byom no silent disco is like you put on the headphones and the headphones play things but you all dance around to it together doesn't feel very I mean, no clubs feel very COVID It's very friendly. weird. I've just like, it, it's like I've had them, I've been to them like when they've been at, like Tyler's company party had one. It was what does Tyler weird. do again? He's a software developer. He's so cool. Yeah. He's so, he's, 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 he's cool. I like him. He's cooler than us. I mean, he, he just, he just gets life, man. I'm trying to find He this. wins. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a successful dude. I like I'm, him. I'm kind of jealous of him. Not the marrying you part, but everything else. Yeah, not no. I'm just not just want to be <laughs> clear. Like I think you fucked up, and then I'm kidding. He fucked up on that. Like his life's got a suck. He has to deal with you all the time. I like to deal with you for an hour in the morning. It's you. Come on, I gotta deal with you longer than that. Give me some credit. <laughs> I'm kidding, Savvy. Anyone would be incredibly lucky to marry I you. I love the legs that you go to to be like just to be clear. Let's be clear. Not, I don't mean any of this. I don't mean that like I, I like you at all. I think you're the worst, actually. But I think it's cool that he like has a job and stuff. <laughs> oh, you you went those links. I thought you meant like the links I take to like clarify that I don't actually believe it. Oh, no, sorry. I meant the links you go to to insult me. <laughs> no, I take it back immediately though, every time. I never let I never let the insults linger for longer than a half a second. Uh Oh, it's on Zoom. Okay, y'all. So here's what you want to do if you want to go to the MLM conference, which is going on now. So, I mean, it's going on all day. Um, Alanda from the Recovering Hunbot organized this conference, and she did an amazing job. So there you go to this website. I'm going to put it in the chat. Um, I kind of want to watch OK Weird do a one-person show of Elf. That would be awesome. I, I would love to see OK Weird's one person act so you go to um wait is that regular zoom register via zoom i was like there's a regular zoom and then there's ultra gold zoom there's like premium zoom yeah so you go to mlmconference.com and then it has um there's a whole bunch of presenters who are like just a bunch of really cool people like people from the ftc and people did you see from Kat benson's dancing to nsync I did, and it was amazing. It's amazing, right? Can we pull that up? Jamie, can you pull that up? I'll pull it up in a second. You don't need Jamie. Oh, you want to be Jamie, too. So versatile. And so um, all of the, but it basically it's going on all day and also tomorrow. Um, but let's see what's going to happen when our stream is done. The 9.30, well, 9.30, okay, this is an Eastern time, actually. So 9, um all of this, there's a keynote by FTC Commissioner Noah Joshua Phillips, and then there's an international panel on regulatory perspectives. It's basically about consumer protection and business ethics. 
it's going to be an interesting conference, especially if you're involved in the anti-MLM movement and want to see some changes made. You can go to registration and then you can register on Zoom. So um, it's going to be a pretty fun time. But um, why this? But why male models? Why this conference? Let's see. Dude, I smell so bad. I'm so happy this is a virtual podcast. Because <laughs> like, I'm just sitting here smelling myself. I'm like, thank God no one here can smell me. Because like, I, I worked out. I didn't shower. Hold on. I'm just find, like, I'm stewing. I'm going to go find Kat Benson on TikTok. What I'm was, Stu Piccolo. Was it on TikTok? I know it was on Instagram. Was, was it, it on Instagram too? or TikTok? I, I, I know it was on Instagram as a reel. I don't know if it was on TikTok. Oh, too. okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me go get it on Instagram then. I get Instagram reels and TikTok confused. In my mind, they're the exact same thing. But you know how they we are the same thing. You know how we reward behavior that gets us attention? Just inherently? Yeah. It, it's COVID is really fucked with that because like what gets me attention is Logan, my dog. Yeah. And so like, you know, I'm gonna reward things that get me attention from Logan, my dog, because he's one of the only people I interact with. And he really loves smelly things. So I guess I've just been like smelling worse through this pandemic because it gets me because like logan loves it when i smell bad that's adorable don't you logan you want me to put my armpit on your nose oh it's on both tiktok and instagram well i found it on instagram faster so wait oh i forgot to share audio we're gonna we're gonna hey watch. melinda hope you're feeling okay y'all it is the last day of april and that's why we're gonna listen to in sync it's gonna be may and we are definitely gonna get copyright claimed for this but who the fuck cares let's go oh no the audio's not on there we go and that's why you need a healthy diet like that's probably the greatest branding for why you got to eat clean I love that so much. I love the InSync t-shirt and everything. I Oh my God, it's so great. It's so great. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. It made my day. It just made my day again today. So thank you, Kat Benson, for, for being Kat Benson. I hope InSync does not take our stream down for that because I've seen our stream get taken down for less. It's okay. We'll just, uh, we'll, we'll counter it and say that Justin Timberlake ruined Britney Spears' career. He did. Boom. He also ruined Janet Jackson's career. And Justin Janet Jackson's likes career. an asshole, dude. Yeah. So that's what we'll do. He's the guy who, like, when... He's the opposite of... Who were we talking about earlier? Oh, Taylor Swift. He's the opposite of someone who has a lot of power and uses it to help others. He has a lot of power and uses it to be like, that wasn't my fault, and walk away and let someone else take the blame. Yeah. So That's basically him. Don't you dare copyright our stream, Justin, because we'll be petty as fuck. Yeah, Justin Timberlake, if, you're, if you come at us... I'll then remind we, you of when you got- Then we could do a Justin Timberlake exposed video. Talk about all the awful things he did. I mean, I don't really want to, but you can. I'll, I just want to talk about how he was on Punked and started crying. Oh, did he? I don't even remember. I, I used to watch Punked, but I never saw the Justin Timberlake one. It was like one of the more famous episodes because he started crying because the, the, the prank was that like he didn't pay his taxes. And so they were <laughs> repossessing his home and his cars and Wait, shit. That's, dude, that's kind of a mean prank. It's an awful prank, but so it's great. Mean. <laughs> I the pranks on that show I thought were funny because that was the time period we were in. But if I watch them now, I'd be like, these pranks are actually kind of like emotionally scarring. Yeah, but they're celebrities. They don't have emotions. Oh, I forgot. I, I forgot. 
I remember a sleepover where you played in the club. I don't remember if it was... I did. Yes, that was because it was RK's birthday. We played it to celebrate his birthday on my sleepover stream, and it got us taken down. So you can't watch that stream anymore. I got to start planning for my birthday again. You want to know why? Why? It's two months away. It's July. I know. May, June, July. You are almost going to be 30. Flirty and thriving. I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I think 30s are going to be wonderful i'm gonna own four i'm, I'm manifesting this i'm gonna own four homes by the time i'm 40 at Hi. least yes absolutely i'm gonna own this home by the time i'm 30 what do i want to what do i want to have accomplished my original goal was to publish 15 books by the time i'm 30 but i don't think that's gonna happen i mean do they have to be good i'd prefer if they were good well, that, I mean, you're holding yourself to way too high of a standard then. Like if they, if, if you I should just write something shitty and yeah. Just, just create a second pen name real quick. Make it your name backwards. So what would that be? Vyas? Ivas. Ivas. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be the shitty Russian author. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. And then Putin will come after you because he'll be like, no one will make mother Russia look bad. This is, <laughs> this is a brilliant idea you have here. Write it as a fan fiction. No. Right, make it your life. <laughs> that's not me. I don't want Putin to come after me. No, I'm not okay. actually having him come after me. But that should be your book. Oh, I should publish books under Ivy. That's a great idea. There you go. I could write Ivy. Fake the boss memoirs. Babe. Fake memoir. Memoir of Ivy the Boss Babe. Yes, that's a great idea. I love it. Talk about all the women in, in high school that Ivy had crushes on and describe their boobs. <laughs> and just like oh, do crayon drawings of boobs. Well, see, here's the thing, though, is Ivy Ivy is not very body positive. Ivy body shamed me for having my boobs be too visible in a video. Ha have a book about how Ivy hates you. Hates yeah. everything except your boobs. <laughs> Savvy and Ivy fall in love. That seems like a very unhealthy relationship, considering I'm both of them. I do not want anyone to mentally diagnose that book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get uh, Shane Dawson's YouTube therapist to to Talk Shane Dawson will do a series on me called like yeah. She wrote a book about how her alternate idol, like her, how her two oh, identities fell like, You remember the Amanda Show with Penelope? It'd be like Penelope from the Amanda Show. Amanda, please. Yeah, it'd be Amanda, please. <laughs> Amanda, please. It would be exactly like that. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. I don't really want to read into that whatsoever but I, I love it if you could if you could be the next Amanda Bynes and you know not disappear yeah dude I love Amanda Bynes she's great oh we, we talked about this on the show on like who you think was on a higher trajectory Amanda Bynes or Lindsay Lohan yeah I mean neither of them are doing a whole lot anymore but right but at the time like I mean they both at the were time, taking that's off the thing. were you a Disney kid or a Nickelodeon kid that'll very much skew your perspective because amanda Bynes was definitely about to say like her last movie was easy a and she was awesome in that movie i don't i haven't seen easy a oh you'd like it yeah okay rivy i did see that uh that video someone did a video essay about amanda Bynes's life story and now i don't remember who it was that did it but it was a very good video i gotta check it out uh, yeah. Christmas in July. I'll do Elf show. Oh my God. Okay, weird. Please do that. I would love that so much. A one, a one person act of Elf. How how, how much do you need for sets and shit? <laughs> let's let's make like a super high end production of a one person act of Elf, and then Will Ferrell will love it. 
Oh, he has a two-part series. Oh, Mila, Mila Tequila. That's her name. Mila Tequila did the video about Amanda Bynes. Your mom. Uh, no, she's not my mom. Although my mom always was a fan of Amanda Bynes, too. I love it. Yeah, Amanda Bynes and EZA was fantastic. You got to watch it, Sabby. I remember watching that video and being shocked to learn that Amanda Bynes had body image issues because as a kid, I had body image issues and I always wanted to look like Amanda Bynes and I was jealous of how pretty she was all the time when I was a kid. I would watch her and be like, damn, Amanda is so pretty. Why can't I look as pretty as Amanda? But then apparently this whole time, Amanda was like, wow, I hate all of this attention on me. I look so awful the whole time. So who knew? Yeah, Allison Stoner had an IGTV video where she talked about the amount of child stars and how she like managed to escape it that that become absolute train wrecks. Yeah, yeah, I, I was watching her video on that, and I didn't finish it yet, but I think it was it was it was good so far. I mean, you, I, I'm just in love with her, so that that's I know all there. you are. I know you're in love. But with like, her. I feel like you're. I hope you're in love with her too. I sent a picture of her now to Tyler where she has the kind of hair like mine where it's like short and blonde. And I sent her uh, the picture of her to Tyler. Isn't her hair blue right now? Well, the, the hair I isn't saw. She sort of, isn't she sort of mermaid magic at the moment? I don't know. But the, vi the video I was watching that she did about the child star to train wreck uh, pipeline was uh, she had hair that looked like my hair. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I sent a picture of her to Tyler. And I was like, Tyler, remember when as a gift you made me the frog hat that the girl in Cheaper by the Dozen had? Well, now she's grown up and See? she she's really She's total mermaid magic. Yeah, she's beautiful, dude. She's beautiful. I bet she has a good nutritionist. Cat Probably. Unlimited. Cat, does good nutrition give you unlimited energy? That would be cool if it did. I if I could get Jamie, can you pull it up? <laughs> Jamie, can you pull up an infinity stone? Dude, I would I would start eating healthy if it meant I could have unlimited energy. That would be pretty cool. You, I like gummy vitamins, but they're so expensive. And I know a lot of people say they're just not worth it. But Seth Godin. And, and this is marketing. Uh, he actually had a really interesting part of this is marketing where he talked about the Grateful Dead and how oh, I this, sort of, goes, part, this yeah. sort of goes back to what we talk about with our with our uh, what we're trying to grow to. Um, he talks about how they were never the biggest band, but they created. I, I don't. I almost said created a cult like audience. That's not what we're trying to do. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but they created like this this total cult like audience where they would go on tour with the Grateful Dead. They would follow them everywhere they uh like it was a small number of people but they like one grateful dead fan would equal 10 fans for any other band or 100 right. fans for any other band and it sort of just became the cool group to support and so it's it, they grew rather slowly but they were also able to sustain it longer because each fan meant so much more to the band than one fan for any other band and then when they were able to grow like it almost compounded faster because each fan they got brought on again with the equivalent of getting to, yeah, exactly. The deadheads. My, my dad was a deadhead. Um, so I grew up listening to them a lot and I was just like, why do they make songs that are 30 minutes long? This is one episode of SpongeBob. Um, uh, no, you're, you're not in a cult yet. Well, one well, thing I like about our audience is that we're kind of the opposite of a cult because we've had people come on the stream and disagree with us to our face. And I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love want... how that happens on our show where people will be like, I disagreed with you on this thing. I agreed with you on this thing. It's like, that's exactly we want to have, you know, interesting discussions with a variety of perspectives. 
Well, that's what I want to ask you real quick. It's uh, what's our ideal output or outlook for our culture or our audience? I guess what's what's the ideal audience that we end up creating? You and don't don't cop out and just say the one that we currently have. Like define it. <laughs> no. Um... Do you mean in terms of like size, in terms of what the people, what kind of people they, kind of what people. kind of things they think about? What kind, um, kind, kind of people, kind, kind, kind of discussions. Yeah. I think it's, it's an audience of people who want to have discussions as opposed to like, it's an audience of people that would like, this might, I, there's a thing, this might get me canceled for saying this, but if we say anything that could get us canceled and maybe that, that person wasn't right for our audience to begin with. It's but, cancel. It's canceler growth, dude. That's how you grow on the internet. That's why all the big stars get canceled because it's also the only way to grow. I would say our audience is someone who, if their relative voted for Trump, they wouldn't automatically block them on Facebook for it. Yeah, I don't block people who voted for Trump. I don't, I just, I don't either. And I mean, I I will talk to them all day about why I think that was a stupid decision and try to share resources with them or whatever, but. I don't like, I think our audience is the type. Oh, no, of I'll people, tell them they get hit by a Mack truck, but like, I won't block. I them. think our audience is the type of people who don't block people for anything short of like harassment. People who don't block people, that's what our audience is. Like, if some, I, I've only blocked people who have been, who like straight up harass me and leave me comments every five minutes that say rude things, then because that's mainly because it's distracting. But I think our audience is people who don't block people. I think our audience is, a, I mean, my ideal audience is a group of people that, that don't run away from a problem, but can calmly assess a problem and either find common ground to address it or uh, move on to the next thing. I mean, I guess my, my, my thought process yeah, is. I think muting people is fine. I think because like sometimes if people are talking, they're like just saying too much and it's just like distracting you from your work because they won't stop leaving messages and giving you notifications. Sometimes you need to mute people like it's okay. I get it. Yeah, no, I, I have nothing against meeting people. I love it's meet, more the meet like people who like I, I know a lot of people on Twitter, especially who will use the block function really fast, especially even in case the block people who still follow JK Rowling. And it's like, what if they just didn't know? Yeah, not everybody's <laughs> up to date on all the latest stuff. Or I've seen people who will block like this is this is the level of crazy the book community gets to. I'll see people who will block people who still follow a booktuber who is still following J.K. Rowling. They're like, you still follow this booktuber, but she still follows J.K. Rowling. Therefore, I'm blocking you. And it's like, how do you have that much time to analyze who everyone's following on Twitter, first of all? Second of all, you got to understand that not everyone knows who everyone, or not everyone knows the news about everyone all the time. Also, there's something to be said, I think, for following people that you explicitly dislike or following people that are explicitly harmful. Because then you always are in the know about what they're doing. It's kind of keep your enemies closer, kind of thing. You don't want to. You don't want them to sneak attack you. You know what I'm saying? No. You don't know I what don't. I'm saying. Like, I, don't. I mean, I know the saying, "Keep your enemies closer," but um... it's kind of like, yeah, like, like I followed Rachel Hollis for a while. I eventually stopped following her, but I, I followed, still follow her on your morning guru. I followed her for a while, not because I agree with anything she says or like anything she does or think that she's beneficial to society in any way. But because if she's going to do something really awful, I want to see it come up in my feed. I want to know about it. You follow people because you want to know what they're up to. So, like, it's kind of like people follow Trump. It's not because not everyone who followed him liked him. You follow him because you don't want him to, you don't, you want to know what he's saying and doing because he has a lot of power. Not anymore, necessarily. But at the time he was president, 
he had a lot of power and you didn't want like you didn't want to suddenly be surprised by him having a weird viewpoint or doing a weird thing you want to you want to be aware i don't know that's kind of how i see it so i don't think follow equals an endorsement of someone and I think that's a better way of putting it than blocking. It's follow does it's it's not it's not blocking. It's follow it's doesn't not equal endorsement. I mean, follow. I don't follow J.K. Rowling, but also like you won't judge someone who if does. someone else does. I mean, I would judge someone if they said I agree with J.K. Rowling, thinking that we need this this uh, physical sex assigned at birth segregated bathrooms. If someone said that, I would judge them for that. That's but, different. But I wouldn't judge them just for having followed her on Twitter. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's also like, that's, that's a completely different thing that for some reason has been conflated. Like for some reason. Right, exactly. Following is not endorsement guys. And and I think because a lot of people, especially content creators will follow big celebrities to keep tabs on them because they might need it to report news in a video or something like that. So to just claim your follow, your follow must be an endorsement. And on Twitter, people aren't like making ad revenue money on Twitter and stuff. So you following someone isn't causing them to profit. That's it's not like that. What's the miracle morning? And I don't know what kind of audience I, I want to necessarily build yet. I just know as far as the community itself, what we're trying to accomplish is um, finding common ground with people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm not sure how the, the end result of the audience, but I know what our actions are. So therefore, it's people who are actively seeking common ground. Um, Cause I think that's something that I think part of the reason Jordan Peterson is so successful at talking with other people. Now he's a, he's a bit of a hypocrite when it comes to his actual beliefs, but when it, he, he's talking to people, I was watching his debate with Sam Harris and one tactic he does very well is he does look for common ground. He looks for a way to agree with the person he's talking to before presenting his points. And yeah, I think that's I a think really that's, powerful tool. It really is. I completely agree. Yeah, and I, I think, think he's. Yeah. I think he's um, very good at, make, at bringing his points across, and he's very good at arguing what he believes in. I think some of what he believes in doesn't make any sense, but if I say that, his fans get very upset at me. So yeah, I guess that's something that our audience is going to get better at as we get better at that. Um, our audience is probably better than us at it already, uh, but I, I don't actually know. Uh, what the end result's going to be. Like, I don't think it's entrepreneurs because I think we attract people who do all different sorts of things for work. Um, it's not anti-MLM, though we have people who are anti-MLM in it. Um, we definitely are on the anti-MLM side. So if we had like someone, but if we had someone in the audience who was in an MLM, we would be willing to talk to them about it. Like we wouldn't say get out of our audience. We wouldn't be like that. Yeah, I mean, I almost, I mean, we are closer to anti-scammer than anti-MLM. It's like it just anti-MLM falls under that. Yeah, it's like a subset, squares and rectangles and all of that, you know. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, and that's the thing though is like I'd be willing to talk to a scammer on the podcast. Like, but we've done two weeks now of people that we agree with, so we're not just anti-scammers. Right. Well, then the next week we're doing Gary V, which is someone that we have a love-hate relationship with, someone that we both agree on some things and disagree on other things, which which should be a really interesting week, because. You know, every, almost every week we've had, I agree with you on some things, disagree with you on some things. I mean, Marie Kondo, we pretty much were like, she's amazing. We love her. Marie um, Kondo saved your life. You can write a book about that. Yes, Marie. I'll, maybe I'll do it. Well, I already did do a video about it. I don't know why I was said I should do a video, but I already did. Um, Wait, make another video for Savvy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that there are lots of, that. like, even if someone like, I don't know, who were, who did we think was the worst? Probably Tony Robbins. If like, 
Even if, if like Tony Robbins wanted to come on our podcast during the week, or who do we think is the worst, just like overall? I guess who? What, what do you? Because mean? those are different. Like I mean, when we did Rachel Hollis week, we gave her a lot more benefit of the doubt than we would now. Sure, sure, because she's kind of done a lot of stuff to discredit her brand recently. But I would still yeah. have her on the podcast. If she oh, was- absolutely. I'd still have Tony Robbins on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, my my dream is that while Rachel Hollis is taking a break right now, that she has her her team advising her, you need to you need to stop being so immune to criticism. And that then she'll be like, okay, I'll go on Savvy in our case podcast. Yeah, but people go a lot harder on her than than us, so we wouldn't even be the like the people that she needs to go on the podcast for. The only way she'd Honestly, go on, her- I think I've been the hardest on her of anyone on the internet. I don't know if that's true, actually. Ah, uh, that's not true at all. Is people, that not true? Maybe, maybe on YouTube, but I don't think on the internet because like she gets destroyed on Instagram. In Instagram, sure. I guess, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. My comment and my comments and, have and always Reddit. focused on, um. Yeah, you know, people, I've seen some people on Facebook and Reddit who get all like insulting her eyebrows or her extensions or something. I would never do that. Like my comments are always based on her work. They're never based on, I never resort to personal attacks. Like that's what I won't won't do on my channel because I don't think it's beneficial. So to an extent, I think maybe I haven't been that mean. But sometimes I worry I've been too mean because I'm like, I don't know. No, you don't say I'm trying. I'm not, I'm going to, unless something, I keep saying I'm not going to make any more videos on her because I want to move on to other things. But then she keeps doing something crazy. She keeps out of nowhere. She'll just do something. I'll be like, oh my God, I thought I was done with you. She's got to meet you halfway and stop doing stupid shit. Right? Well, I mean, I'm going to do a video on Dave. Dave's been a huge dick on Instagram recently. It's hilarious. Dude, I, I, I honestly am getting the feeling that he's just really trying to win the divorce right now. Like he, everything he's posting right now, I can't help but think. He's like, it's, it's more, it's not about building his brand. It's about humiliating his ex-wife. Yes, dude. Oh yeah. Kat, uh, everyone's been sending me the New York times article. I haven't read it in full yet because I got it. It's, it came out right when I was on my way to get the vaccine. And then I've been asleep completely since then. Uh, I skimmed it though. And I feel like I wasn't referenced in it. Were you just like, people thought you were referenced? No, people, I just, a lot of people sent it to me. Like I've been getting a million DMS and getting tagged in it on Twitter everywhere. So I thought maybe I was referenced in it because so many people were showing sharing it with me. Oh, but... look at Rivy Writer's comments. Oh my god! I love the slow head turn. I was like, oh, look at Rivy Writer's comments. And you were like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. It was he says, a... I read Smile Chewy to the four to five-year-old class I work with. One of the girls now it's a or a Pomeranian. That's super cute, dude. Okay, guys. Okay, we're going to talk about dogs real quick. We're going to talk about dogs because, guys, this is what I got yesterday. So I went on ColourPop and I made this. They have a build your own eyeshadow palette option where you can choose from the colors, except some of the colors were sold out, which I hated. But I made this, which is um, this is the Forever Home Friends color scheme. I made a, a palette using colors that represented the color scheme of the different dogs. So it's like these are alleys. These work for Kringle, although there weren't really many red shades available. These are Chewies, and then these are Wrigley's. So I'm going to start doing different, um, like, makeup looks to represent the dogs in the series on my channel. I might do a live stream this week with that. But guys, I made, I made that. I was so excited because I was like... Um, 
I wanted to do different, like, I wanted to represent the dogs with it. I thought that would be really fun. Like, if I'm going to learn makeup, I might as well use it for my own branding. So this is, this is my Forever Home Friends ColourPop Build Your Own Palette thing that I made. It was so much fun. So I'm, I don't know what, how you're doing on time. I'm good until 10. So I have another 20 minutes. Do you want to maybe bring someone on? Yeah. Anyone want to come on? Anyone want to come on? If anyone wants to come on, let us know. But then after, so here's how your day has to work, guys. Come on our stream. And then after our stream's over at 10, go join the anti-MLM conference. Go join our cult. <laughs> go Find watch that for an cult. hour and then come back to my channel where there will be a video premiere. Savvy's and getting then do whatever you want with the rest of your day. I'm not your mom. Sa Savvy's get Savvy's. Oh gonna... my God, Rivy, you're going to make me cry. You want, Rivy, you want to come on our stream because everything you're saying is going to make me cry and I'm just very emotional. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Puppets, puppets, puppets. Patricia, bring the puppets. Rivy, you're welcome to come too. We, it's Friday and as many people can come on as they want. You got to get down on Friday. I feel gotta like get you, down on Friday. I feel like you and Rebecca Rivy, Black. Look at what Rivy said. One of the other girls showed me a scar on her forehead and said, that's like Chewy Scott. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Patricia and Ruby are coming on. Um, hold up. I'll put the link in the chat. All right. Anyone who wants to come on, you join us right here. Um, oh my while, God, Savvy. I need more coffee. While everyone's coming on, I'm going to get more coffee because I'm getting some more vaccine tiredness, but nothing the coffee won't fix. Be right back. Okay. So guys, it looks like it's just me again. Um, and I can't welcome anyone to the stream because I don't have the power. So that's a thing. So you're going to be in the waiting room for a little bit. So let's just talk about life. Pelicans won last night. They beat the Thunder. Van Gundy still sucks. Cat uh, Benson made broke the internet with uh, Uh Logan freaked out when I put down my case. I don't know. I haven't been reading as much this week as I usually do. I've been trying to study for my Series 7, um, which is fun. You know, just, just reading about securities and different products that you can buy and different financial laws that went to effect in the thirties to protect consumers that have then been abused for decades. So that's, that's fun. Uh, I'm enjoying doing that. Uh, closing on a house soon. Life's been pretty good. I haven't been, I, I think I said yesterday, I haven't been writing nearly as much, uh, but that's okay. My uh, Montgomery, the woman who edits my books, she got back to me and said she needs to extend it a week. And I was totally fine with that. Um, was dominating chess yesterday. I've totally sucked at chess this morning. I got to do my 66, but also I, I've done my SIE. I'm doing my series seven. Um, I got to do my 66. Yeah. I got to do my blue sky uh, for Louisiana. Um, Thank you, Melinda. I'm excited for my house too. Um, I want to do some do-it-yourself projects. My backyard does not have enough space for me to, to make my own pizza oven, which sucks because the do-it-yourself pizza oven video at Lowe's looks like so much fun. My brother recommended I get a Lowe's credit card after I'm done with this house because they're obviously going to pull my credit again, and which is going to hurt hurt my credit score once again because they had to pull it when I got the house. But um, he recommended I get a Lowe's credit card because if you get a Lowe's credit card, you get 5% off any purchase at the store. And you can finance anything for 0% interest um, for over. Come back to Arcade doing an intro infomercial. <laughs> uh, you can finance anything uh, that's over 100 bucks there for 0% interest. So it, it, it's definitely something that caught my attention that I want to work on. Uh, what brokerage are you? Raymond James. Y'all, Rivy's here. What's Hi. up? Hey. Hey, Rivy. Who is here too? Little baby chewy. Oh, little baby 
Chewy Chewy's here. I wish real Chewy. He's being lazy on the couch. He got um his teeth cleaned the other day. He on Wednesday he got um unconscious to get his teeth cleaned. So he's oh, and I got my author tube. Oh, oh I see author the author tube. Oh, dude, you're like, dude, I love it. I love it. Ribby's the best. Ribby is the best. Yeah. Hold Ribby's on, the best. Everyone a little more visible. There we go. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, that's better. Um, and it's Ruby right on. If you want to bring a puppet on, bring a puppet on, dude. We love puppets here. We've got Chewy Plushy, and we've gonna gonna have puppets. Like this is great. I love this. And uh, I mean, also all the four and five year olds will agree. I entered the big yard yesterday and i go there i go ribby ribby <laughs> it's so cute oh my god so you are do you teach uh preschool yeah i teach preschool it's like tk it's like a four to five four to five year old group that's not quite ready for kindergarten yet um so that's the age they are very yeah. cute i was in four to five year old preschool because my birthday i have like a fall birthday right so my mom put me in preschool when I was three and turned four. And then the Illinois public school would not let me start school at start kindergarten at four, even though I was going to turn five in the fall. But they were like, you're not allowed to start kindergarten at four. And it was rude because I was like, I could read already and shit. So I was like, can I please just move on with my education? They're like, no, you're too yes. young for kindergarten. Well, they... So I had to go back to preschool and do do stuff I already knew how to do. It was very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the California change the law, so it's like mid-August, you have to be five by before. You yeah, can ours start. was literally, it was like mid-September. Yeah. Or no, it was, it was, you, yo, you know, it was mid-August. Yeah, it was mid, like mid-August, you had to be five by. And I turned, I, my birthday's in mid-September. So I turned five too late. And they wouldn't let yeah. me go to school. And I was like, this is very frustrating. Okay, more stories about the preschool class. Love I would love to hear about your preschool class. First of all, we read it during snack time. Um, and that was the first snack time where nobody was talking, which was very impressive. They are always talking and it is very frustrating. So like we read books so that they won't, so that they'll like be calm and like listen to the book while they're eating. So this is the first time they were all um, like very calm and quiet and they were all listening to the book. They're very excited. And then um, uh, we, I had actually read the book earlier to some of the kids like during free play time. So one of the girls was like, um, we were reading the story and, and one of the kids was like, oh, why were they being mean to Chewy? And then Alice goes, because he was a stray. He was a stray dog and they were being mean to him. Oh my God, your kids are so like, smart. She was like so proud she knew the answer. She was like, they were being mean to him because he was a stray. And I'm like, yes, they also had stereotypes about pit bulls. So they had, so we like yeah. talked about that. They didn't quite ca capture the stereotype. So they mixed up self-conscious and confident a lot, which makes sense. But a lot of them I said mean, they're, they were they're along the same they're a little opposite but along the same lines. Yeah, yeah along I get the same it. Lines. And a lot of them said they were confident when they were babies, um, which I don't think they quite understood. Um, they, I was asking them there was like the discussion question about the times they were confident, and then one of them raised their hand and said, "I was confident when I was a baby." <laughs> I mean, that's there's like some like existential philosophy in that. Like, doesn't like like Ralph Waldo Emerson says like we should all be jealous of blades of grass because they're not conscious of their existence and they can live. I mean, yeah, honestly, like I feel like there's something to be said for that. But also, like when I've read, I've done like school visits and read the books mm -hmm. to kids, and they've said things like, "I'll be like, okay, guys, 
Why, what, what's something like being confident means you feel good about something and feel like you're good at it. What, what do you guys think that you're good at? And the kids will raise their hand and be like, I have a dog. And be like, really? I have a cat. It's like, it's very cute. Yeah, it's, it's very cute. I mean, they were, they were following along pretty well. Yeah, I was telling you, yeah, Hazel was showing me the little scars on her forehead. She was like, it's like oh, Chewy Star oh. on his face. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty close. For Raising yeah. Parker, who says, what would you recommend for a nine-year-old boy? I would say, um, so Wrigley, Wrigley's book, I think, is good for older kids because it has more text in it. Um, but it also, like, Wrigley's a girl dog, but the gender of the dog doesn't really come into play in the book, so I don't know if that if that'll be a thing. Uh, Chewie's a boy dog, uh, and he has some interesting um, discussion questions. Wrigley's has discussion questions, too. I just always recommend um, Wrigley, Wrigley's book for the older readers because it has more text. I always recommend Princess Alley for the younger readers because I think it's the least complex story to follow. Um, but yeah, that's me, my recommendation. And Patricia's here with the puppets. What's up? The sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So we have multiple puppets here. Which puppets do we have today? Uh, this one is Yasmin. We've got Paige over here. We've got Amit is sitting there. So there's a few of them. And then we've got Princess Violet, Edgar, and Olivia over in the corner. <laughs> I see Yasmin oh. and Amit. Yep. So we've got plushies and puppets on our stream today. This is just they all wanted to see the chewy plushie, so I'm bringing him into school today. And um, I'm planning on doing a little uh, free play activity where we're gonna we have a little box of like stuffed dogs, where I'm gonna set up a little animal shelter, and they're all gonna adopt the little doggies. Oh my god, this is the cutest! That you sound like the best preschool teacher ever. Like I'm jealous that I didn't have you as my preschool teacher. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Yeah, like, yeah, I am. <laughs> well, I mean, you can tell she's a fantastic. <laughs> about I love, I love this age and like showing them. It's really fun too. So yeah, who's gonna have the kids play adopt from the animal shelter? That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you're oh actually changing the world for the better, like in a day. That's incredible. I hope so. I mean, a lot of the kids are like, they're getting to that age where they're going to be able to, they're like, I think the parents want to wait usually until the kids are like in elementary school to get dogs because like, especially big dogs and stuff like that, like the kids are too small. And so a lot of the kids are talking about how the parents are thinking about getting a dog. And I'm like, you should get a rescue dog. You should go to look at the shelter. So maybe, maybe I'll convince one of the families to do, to do it. Adopt, don't shop. With that families, awesome. you got to go for the money. With families, you got to be like, why pay like eight hundred to a thousand dollars for a dog when on like certain days at the shelter you can get a dog that's already been neutered and it's only fifty bucks and has all all up to date on their shots. That's See, true. That's why it was so funny that Alice was like, "I want a pit bull or a pomeranian." I'm like, those are very different dogs. I like, get it though; they're both adorable. So <laughs> I get it. One of them is like an elite brand of like they, and then one of them's like. A cute little pit bull rescue. Tell her to get both, and then they can go on adventures together. I have to say, though, around here, the uh, shelter dogs go for around $350. Yeah, we paid uh, $350 when we adopted it. It's not too. 50 bucks. <laughs> I paid 50 bucks for Logan. I think it depends yeah. on the shelter and all of that. Like, Chewy's, Chewy's adoption fee was 350 but it was because the shelter was, like, a smaller shelter that needed the money to keep going for other dogs and things like that. And, I mean, he was also, he had his rabies vaccine. He was neutered. He also, had, I think I prefaced yeah. it with, spe like, specific giveaway days. Like, I got Logan on a special day. 
Yeah. Where it was like they had discounts on dogs. And, and some it, of the dogs yeah. at the shelter that I got too, even though he was inexpensive, not super expensive, but he had an adoption fee and all of that, was that um, at that shelter, they also have certain dogs that have like emotional difficulties or things like that. And they will <laughs> have the adoption fee waived on those dogs, but you have to go through a whole interview process to make sure you can handle the dog and stuff like that. And it is all comparative because the yes. average puppy around here goes between $1,200 and $2,000 if Ooh, you're buying wow. through that way. Expensive. So I mean, 350 uh, I mean, I believe that is uh, for girl dogs, like that the boy dogs go for less, like in the 900 range. But even at $350, that's way less than it would cost for the average puppy of course you know you have the people that let animals go for a lot less than that but then they come from much middle backgrounds logan you were cheap <laughs> oh he looked up he's like excuse know, me to an extent he you don't want people to have my wedding dress so i mean he's not cheap yeah he you looked up and his you, ear was you, flipped uh, back. He, was, he, had the, he had the doggy bed head with the ear all over the place. <laughs> I love when Chewie's ears flip around. But yeah, you don't want to set the precedent that having a dog in your life is going to be free. Like we had to get Chewie's teeth cleaned and we paid $800 to get his dental work done on Wednesday. So like, I, I don't want, like sometimes I think people adopt a dog thinking, oh, you know, I won't have to pay anything, but. Well, they're know. animals. They get their own food. They hunt. <laughs> no, it's basically, yeah so it's like you have to prepare that there are going to be expenses involved with it um hopefully not too many but but you never know like wrigley wrigley has um irritable bowel syndrome so she is a little bit expensive because she has to have a special prescription food that she eats otherwise she gets an irritated tummy and one time she had to go to the hospital because she had so much diarrhea that she lost all the fluids in her body and passed out and so then she went to the hospital for that. Um, and that's when the vet started, you know, getting her medicated for IBS because it wasn't like they didn't know she had that yet. Savvy. So I'm yeah. pretty sure Rippy was showing off that she bought your merch as you were talking about diarrhea. She comes on and she's like, let me just show off this mug real quick. Oh so Rippy like Rivy lost all her fluids. Rippy's like, I've got the plushie. I've got the merch. <laughs> Rippy, you're cool. What's my favorite mug? I'm drinking some matcha out of it. I got some matcha. Oh, I'm not that's sure delicious. I'm smell it if I do, but that's a but matcha. Yeah. And then also, as far as adopting dogs are concerned, too, I know puppies tend to. Yeah, that's delicious. I love matcha ice cream too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean, also like puppies are gonna obviously gonna be more expensive than uh, or more expensive than senior dogs. Um, so save a senior dog today. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Senior dogs are also expensive. They're more expensive. They're cheaper to adopt, but more expensive because they're going to have more health problems. So, But they deserve love and a home. They do. Dude, I wrote a whole book about senior dogs. I love them so much. They're so sweet. Oof. My mill paid 1200 bucks for a lab. Dude, Oof. that's so much money. Yeah. And then they also have to get down here. They also have to get them neutered. They have to get them all of their shots. They also have to make sure that lab doesn't become obese because labs eat and they yeah. eat everything, <laughs> including like belts and hats and shoes. Like they they, they have like, labs are gluttony incarnate. Yep. <laughs> Savvy, right, your so life happens through you. Song is so catchy. And oh, I'm thank you. That was just me randomly. It's so catchy. I sing in the background while I was like getting ready to film a video, so I just kept it in. I'm glad you liked it. 
I, every time I see the my mug, then I'm wasting it in my head. Or sometimes when I'm talking to my grandma, she'll be like, I'll talk to you later, no matter where you are. And I'll go, no matter where. <laughs> I'll keep singing little silly songs then. Yes, please do. Brittany, you have a Newfie? Okay, oh I, God, I take I everything back. Newfies. I take everything back I say about Canada because Newfies are adorable. I love them. <laughs> I love Newfies so much. They're, they're we have so a really cute precious. Newfie in our neighborhood, and everyone thinks he's a bear. He looks like a bear, but he's also like, he's the sweetest dog. He's like 150 pounds and he's huge, but he like, he like runs really fast at you, and you're like, oh God, the big dog's running at me, but then he'll like stop right in front of you and be like, hello. At me and then he's, always, he's he's so cute he's always drooling on people too but i'm always like hello are you a good boy and he's like hello he's always been so nice oh, oh I, I love all the puppets <laughs> just mouth open right, wondering let's, yeah, what's let's going see on some, let's see some puppets let's talk to what's up what's up with the puppets today well i'll just introduce you real quick to princess violet because she was the first one she oh, was the one beautiful. that was actually inspired by the purple cow uh because i was getting into video at my old job and i wanted <laughs> I didn't want to get my makeup done and my hair and all the time. So I thought, well, if I, and I tried animation and it just takes forever. And then, yeah. so I'm like, well, if I have a puppet, then I could just set up, have everything ready. And then, you know, whenever I have a thought, I can get in front of the camera and do my stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. that's how Princess Violet was originally designed and developed. And I, I, did her like completely from my head. I'm like, well, how do I think that it would go? I went to the store, I got some felt and I made her completely wrong. It, originally I made her head so heavy uh -huh. uh, that I could barely keep her up for more than five minutes. Um, and then I made the rest of them. I found some resources and, 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 and made the rest of them and actually like watched people who had done it before <laughs> to make so the next one. What I, I think it's interesting since we're wrapping up Seth Godin week, what about the book Purple Cow inspired you to make Violet? Um, well, it was basically that thought that you have to have a purple cow in your business. And I was um, I, I specialize in a small town, uh, small business. And that's what I was doing at the time was working for a nonprofit organizations that help small businesses get started. So in order to, you know, I knew that video was growing and I wanted to do something different and neat. And, you know, a lot of the business stuff out there is done by people talking head videos and that yeah. sort of thing. So I thought, how can I make this more fun, more engaging? And that's where the puppet came from. Um, I love it. I think it's a great idea background has been a lot in guerrilla marketing mm -hmm. in uh, low cost high impact those sorts of things so i mean creating her she cost me about twenty dollars to make <laughs> so you've got that low uh low cost high impact item because when we went to trade fairs and so on she attracted attention um, and that's what it was all about. And that's why she was created. And the rest of them came afterwards. Uh, and they've just been, uh, I love them, but I hate them at the same time. <laughs> it's a strange relationship. Is that how they feel about you? It, pretty much, I think so. Um, <laughs> what happened was when things were getting rough in the world and I was seeing so much uh, hatred and, and just, you know, all this, you know, uh angst over diversity and i was sitting there and thinking where's mr rogers you know yeah. where 
are the good messages and 90% of the puppet shows and things that I've found for children are uh, religion based. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are so many kids and families out there that don't have that connection to religion, who don't want that spirituality put into the lessons. Um, and so I invented these guys and there's seven of them. They were uh, developed to each of them has a virtue of philosophy that I learned through a book called the um, the philosophy. What is it called? The Seven Virtues of a Philosopher Princess. Oh, sorry. No, not a princess. Queen. Philosopher okay. Queen. I haven't heard of that book. I should check that I out. I love princesses. Um, it is written by an amazing lady. I've seen her speak three times now. Her name is Barb Stegman, and she is a woman who started a perfume line where the, um, the elements are... Um, she she buys from uh, countries uh, like Afghanistan, mm -hmm. uh, where she's providing a different crop that they can uh, they they can grow for profit. Um, so she originally started it started in Pakistan, where she created this line of perfumes that came from the rose petals that came from there, and uh, yeah, so that sort of created her line she went on a show here it's um i think it's called dragon's Den. you guys have shark oh, tank dragon's have dragon's Den. yeah the canadian shark Tank. yeah i watched both right. of them so it's yeah. the canadian shark tank so she yeah. went on there and got seventy five thousand dollars and Whoa. got into um that whole you know that whole thing that got her um perfumes line uh into now she's in sephora um and a whole bunch of other things and she's really inspirational mm -hmm. to me and like i said i met her a couple of times i've got her books and these guys came from those seven virtues, the seven virtues of philosophy that she had explained in the book. So one of them is wisdom, one of them is courage, and so on. And so each of them got one of those, and uh, we sort of started developing. Unfortunately, I got a new manager at my job, and I was told uh, when she came in that she didn't want to see my puppets on the streets of town um, because it was you know a perfect they weren't professional and she wanted to have our office uh you know really be professional and that sort of stuff so i was in angst for six weeks over it because it was my dream job i was doing what i loved doing i was helping small business owners um and all of that sort of stuff so i really really um struggled with that for six weeks and then i decided i can't live like this i can't yes. live with this decision uh so i left that job i went back into daycare, uh, which didn't work too well because evidently I'm too loud for the modern industrial daycare complex. Uh, so I would be too. I get I'm it. I'm sure Rippy has thoughts on that. Yes, oh, Rippy, I, I just agree. Yeah. And one of my oh, this is, is cool because we've got a preschool a preschool teacher here and someone with the puppets here. This is pretty great. Well, I, I also want to say that like. It sounds like your former boss needs to read Purple Cow because your boss is over here like everything needs to be business professional and puppets are too, I don't too know, weird. too weird, yeah. which is like, no, dude, weird is what gets people's attention. Mm. Unless it you're was... applying for like a loan. 
<laughs> like if that's I, what you're doing about the small businesses, then yeah, don't be when weird. When I was on the, when I first got my mortgage, I was on the phone with the mortgage man and he was like, you know, your, your alternative and nonconformist lifestyle is pretty hard for you to get a loan. And I was like, yeah, I know. And then he took me in Tyler's birthdays and Tyler's birthday is September 11th. So everyone always has commentary on it. So then that guy started making a ton of commentary on Tyler's birthday. Mortgage man was cool though. We had a good time with him. You, your, your own Eminem. Mortgage man. <laughs> but, yep. Mm -hmm. But just and, from the... Yeah. Anyway, so you used to read Purple Cow. That's what I was trying to say there. Yeah. Uh, that lady, there is no hope. I'm just like done with that. Yeah. Um, it has been a couple of years and it's taken me a long time to recover from that because I started to get, mm -hmm. you know, all angsty about things and I wasn't sure because... These guys were meant to be a hobby, something I did on the side, something mm -hmm. I did to put back into the world. It wasn't meant to be a, you know, necessarily a moneymaker. I thought down the road, cause I don't have the talent uh, for pulling it off the way that it is in my head. So I was starting to put pieces together to try and make it something real. And then it sort of things have progressed and I'm just sort of like, okay, well, I can't do that. I'm going to do this. Uh, but when it does come down to it, I just wanted to say that I am um, educated in early childhood education. I started my work at home career as a home child care provider. And so I, I started writing uh, when my eldest, no, well, so my eldest is 24. My second son is 22 and my youngest is 18. So in between, uh, I gave birth to my second son and shortly after that, we moved up north to the Arctic and that's where I began my writing career. And so originally I wanted to be a freelance writer because this was back in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and back then it was like we were still in the state where publishers were asking for self-addressed self stamped envelopes. Oh, we I remember those moved. days. Uh, we hadn't quite all moved to email to uh, pitch and query and that sort of stuff. So my biggest magazine article took 18 months from query letter to publication. And that's when I started writing directly for business owners, doing things like press releases, brochures, yeah. doing the desktop publishing, all of that. And life progressed. I became a radio sales representative and all of that. But at the heart of it, whenever things get rough, I either go back to food services or daycare. Yeah. So. Honestly, though, I got to say, when you say like you're talking about your puppet making skills, Paige, is, she, is Paige the most recent one you've made? Uh, actually, all of these ones were made in a chaotic weekend. Uh, oh, so okay. they're all around the same age. Paige, uh, Paige honestly looks like she could be a Muppet. Like, she is so well-crafted, dude. Uh, well, that's also because you get to see her through the uh, the, the the lens. So there's yeah. a few ways that they can make her look a little bit better. Um, she's not as, they're not as great close up as they could be, but they're lovable. And I love I them. I think they're, they're beautiful. Honestly, I, I saw that night at first was, I was like, whoa, is that like a whole Muppet right there? Like you did a great job on her and on, uh, what's the orange one's name again? I forgot. Uh, orange Olivia. Uh, no, the one next to well, her too. She's oh. beautiful. I love her sparkly hair. Um, yeah, me too. I had purple hair at the time when I was creating yeah. her. So it was the one that's most most like me. Uh, but yeah, uh, Yasmin. Yasmin, uh, that's the one I'm thinking of. I love yeah, her Yasmin. face. She has such a. I love her big smile. It's adorable. 
Also, yes. it's easy. Didn't Chewie ask us to love our scars so much? Exactly. So. That's what Chewie said in Smile Chewie that, you know, no nobody is going to be a complete perfection. And the parts of you that are from your scars, that's those parts of you are important and beautiful, too. And, and you know they they have they have their own certain charm and like now it, it's funny because in the beginning you feel like I mean when I'm this was a new craft for me I didn't realize like I started when I started looking at the puppet makers out there that's sort of when I started feeling a little lesser about them mm -hmm. uh, just because there are so many amazing talented uh, puppet makers out there uh but i figure you know i know how to do it i might as well do it <laughs> right? i'm glad you do it it's, it's i think it's really cool that we get to regularly have puppets on our podcast how many podcasts do you know they get to have puppet guests that often like even joe rogan doesn't get puppets on his show dude he just gets regular humans we get humans and puppets i think that makes us better than joe rogan already i, I mean a few know. things make us better than joe rogan also that Joe Rogan's doing some weird anti-vax anti-vax shit. Yeah, I mean, we're both vaccinated. That already makes us a little bit better, I think, too. Even though we still like him. All right, Chewie has an inspirational quote for everyone. Yes, from Pentel says, "Never be ashamed of a scar. It simply means you are stronger than whatever tried to hurt you." Chewie, that's such a beautiful quote. That's what Chewie, you are so smart. Hi, Paige. Incredible, Chewie. Hey, like how did your Paige, how did your mom learn how to do such fun puppet voices? She just practiced, and she yeah. tried to make a different voice for each of us. She's not always successful. Sometimes she gets our voices mixed up. Like yesterday, she used my voice for Yasmin. Can you believe that? She's just so silly sometimes. Oh, okay. that's pretty silly. I'm sure she didn't mean it though. Oh, she, no, she's waving um, to us. Is she saying old. goodbye? So he's saying hello. Oh, he's saying hello. Oh, hello to Paige. Wait a song if you would like. We have a song if you'd like to sing. I can't what? do it with you. Yes, okay. we got a song. Please so do this it. one's one of my preschool songs. We're gonna do some sign language here. We do the more we get together, together, together. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. Because your friends are my friends, and my friends are your friends. Oh, the more we get together, the happier we'll be. That's adorable. I love Once it. I wanted to do it, do it, but then I was like, the sign language is not going to work out. But the puppets might be able to do it. That's they one got of the it. plot points in the book uh, Kringle's Christmas is that he's deaf, and he has to find a shelter that can do sign language with him to teach him commands. Aw. <laughs> You got some songs. Yeah. Oh, man. I love watching Paige the Puppet uh, following along with it. <laughs> she tried. She tried. She it's, tried. She did her best. Yeah. yeah. I so did her best. Did their best. Got. Yes. Which yeah. is a little bit, yeah. They're not as easy to figure out as you would hope for. There is a, it, it's a little bit like at one point I was just using one hand and then sort of trying to, I'm like, she has a broken arm. Yeah. <laughs> Her arm's just broken because it is um, a, a little bit difficult uh, for me anyways, learning new tricks. <laughs> All right. I actually have to go get ready because I have teaching pretty soon, about 20 All minutes. Right. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap up. We're going to be wrapping up the stream soon. Thank you both for coming on today.
And anything, Bobby, you want to say about to the kids because they all wanted to know about about Chewie's real mom and everything. They were like, "Is Chewie still alive?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes. Chewie's still alive." I see. Well, him. that's the thing. Not all the dogs in the series are still alive. So. That's true. Uh, and that'll be that. Uh, don't tell them that. Um, but Chewie yeah. is absolutely still alive. <laughs> Chewie's about six years old, and he is he is a happy boy. He's you tell them he's very confident in himself. He knows that he's cute and he uses his cuteness to get what he wants all the time. So Chewie has no insecurity whatsoever. He is a good boy. And you can tell them that Chewie says hi to them. Chewie says hi. I'll print out some pictures too from his Instagram. So like, yeah, I'll tell, tell them he says hi and I'll tell him that they said hi back today. Chewie, this class loves you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm off. See ya. Bye. Bye. Uh, any final words, Paige? Have an awesome weekend, man. Yeah, have an awesome weekend. That's about it. Oh, Mama's uh, grip went bad. I learned it. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it. So just, you know, hanging out here and really excited that you guys allow me to be on. We, we come on anywhere anybody invites us. Absolutely. Dude, dude, Paige, you are always welcome on our stream. Whenever we're Thank having you. guests, you are always welcome to come. Thanks Patricia so much for joining us, Patricia. Dude, Patricia, I loved hearing her story of how she made the puppets and all that. That's awesome. I so, was clearly just joshing. Yeah, you, were, you, were, you, you were draking. <laughs> love it. Uh, Patricia, thank you so much for being on today. We'd love to have you again soon. One day I'll come on here and actually look like a normal human being. <laughs> I think you look great. Don't thank worry, you. you look great, and so do all the puppets. Uh, all thank them. you. They are my my babies, sort of. Like I mean, they are. Uh, they develop their own personalities, and it's they so do. weird. You know, it's like the things that come out of their mouth. I'm, I can't even believe come from my head sometimes. <laughs> understandable it it is weird because it's like they all have a little piece of my personality but they aren't me they have their own thoughts and it's like i don't get it but it's fun it's been fun to experiment and and play with them and finally trying to make you know some money off of them so it's it's, it's a beginning (laughs) well i love it thanks so much uh, for being here and i hope you have a great weekend you too. Have an awesome one. Bye. Bye. And bye to everyone who came today. Thanks Thank for being George here, y'all. Stuff. Next week, tomorrow morning, we'll stream <laughs> for writing at 11 a.m. Next week, we will start Gary V Week on this channel. Uh, if you need something to do there, in 45 minutes, I have a new video premiering. But until then, go check out the anti-MLM conference that I linked to earlier. It's on Zoom. I will see you guys all again at 11. In the meantime, don't forget to support small businesses. Have a great start to your weekend. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.